Speedway proudly presents Rapid on Racing, the Tri-State's number one motorsports talk show. Today's program is brought to you in part by our marketing partners. Recognized by the Eastern Motorsports Press Association as one of the top racing shows in the Eastern United States, here's Rapid on Racing. Welcome once again to Rapping on Racing, December 7, 2020. I saw a quote from Ernie Saxton, and I want to share it with you because I think we might be brothers from another mother. Here's the quote. Racing isn't about how long it takes to get from the start to the finish. It's the adventure you have along the way, the people you meet, and the unique moments you share. I have to say that I often look back and remember the wonderful experiences I have had during my 60 years in the sport. Very profound statement. Tonight's guests include Jennerstown Speedway pit steward Mike Bellardi, Dave Dragovich, Area Auto Racing news writer of Oval Observations, Jennerstown Speedway late model champion Albert Francis, and late model lightning reporter Bill Korch. Plus, we have Lernerville Big Block Modified Champion Garrett Crummert, Ben Police, the Rush Late Model Champion from Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, plus Super Late Model drivers Matt Lux and Jared Miley. We want to welcome Skylar Cheney of Denver, North Carolina, and Cody Miller of Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, to the Rapping on Racing family. Remember, if you miss any of Monday's program, you can always go to RappingOnRacing.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days out of the year. As always, we want to thank our marketing partners, Alternative Power Sources, Number 1 Cochrane Automotive, Dirt Monthly Magazine, Jennerstown Speedway, along with Lernerville Speedway, Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, RPS Financial Solutions, and Toma Meat Market. A thanks goes out to our reporters, Howie Bayless, Lenny Baticki, Tyler Harris, Bill Korch, Tom Lang, plus Mike Lisikowski, Dave Oliveri, and Jim Zufall. Special thanks to our senior engineers and our technical advisors, Bill Korch, Ted Lusick, and Gary Scott, along with Bob Miller, our multimedia data collection facilitator. This is the Banker Bob Thought for the December 2020 off-season show. I've been told to respect my elders, but it's getting harder and harder for me to find any. And now, more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Dave Oliveri. All right, fans, joining us now, good friend and co-host Dave Oliveri. Dave, how are you this evening? 
Well, and I'm doing well. I know you're probably doing a lot better in Troutman than we are here in Pittsburgh. I know on Tuesday we had a good 8 to 10 inches of snow. A lot of it's mountain, but I know you don't have the white stuff down in the Troutman area very often. It doesn't snow when it's 55 or 60 degrees. <laughs> well, you know, Don, as we rolled into 2020, the world was turned upside down in March, and we began to hear these sayings like, stand six feet apart. You must wear a mask, wash your hands, use hand sanitizers, clean all surfaces, contract tracing, flattening the curve, home isolation, self-quarantine, temperature testing, the word pandemic, and CDC. And somehow through all of this, the racing community persevered and had an unbelievable season once things opened up to a reasonable standard by June. Well, when we look at the year that almost didn't happen, Rappin' on Racing was able to provide, in year 40, weekly shows throughout this pandemic. We would like to thank all the tracks for the following, the CDC gui- for following the CDC guidelines that were set forth by our local and state government officials for allowing us, as race fans and drivers, uh, to go places, race, and have fan involvement. Auto racing as a whole was one of any sports that was able to accomplish this. Yeah, Don, we look at that, and you, know, you look at uh, you know, Major League Baseball, hockey, and basketball. They were all in a bubble, and again, once the, the world opened up, our tracks, again, I want to kind of jump a little off script a little bit, but you know, one of the people that was a, a real big part of this was Robert Johnson from the United States Motorsports Association. If it wouldn't have been for you know, his team back here in Pittsburgh and down in the Charlotte area, I don't think racing in any circuit would have happened this year, Don. It was amazing what Robert and his group were able to accomplish. You know, we were able to visit quite a few tracks during the year, both together and with you on your own. A few of the tracks together were Jennerstown, Lernerville, Hummingburg, Pittsburgh, Williams Grove, Millbridge Speedway, and the Eastern Museum of Motor Racing. Don, when you were back in Troutman, I also had the availability to go to Lincoln Speedway, Port Royal, Sharon, Tri-City Raceway Park, Thunder Martin, and Blanket Hill Speedway. On top of that, we were able to cover the All-Star Sprints, the World of Outlaw Late Models and Sprint Series, the Lucas Oil Late Models, United Late Model Series, Penn, Ohio, and all Rush Sanction Series, the Late Models, the Modifieds, and the Wingless Sprints. A few of the drivers had an unbelievable year. Brandon Shepard, they call him Rock, Rocket Shep, 22 wins, 51 top five, 65 top tens in 70 races. Your 2020 Morton Buildings World of Outlaw Late Model Champion. Uh, Jimmy Owens, uh, uh, Newport Nightmare, 20 wins, 44 top fives, 53 top tens in 77 races. Your 2020 Lucas Oil Late Model Champion. Or Brandon Overton, known as Big Sexy, he didn't win any championships. 26 wins, 49 top fives, and 62 top tens in 82 races. So, Don, Brandon Shepard, Jimmy Owens, and Brandon Overton were definitely the bars that had to be set for the late models in this crazy 2020 year. And then we, we go into the, the sprint division, and Aaron Reitzel, had 15 wins, 38 top fives, 52 top tens, and 79 races. And he was your 2020 Ugly Bargains Outlet All-Star Sprint Circuit of Champions. 
Brad Sweet had eight wins, 37 top fives, 46 top tens in 54 races, and he was the 2020 World of Outlaws NOS Energy Sprints champion. You know, while we're talking about Brad Street, we've got to talk about the next gentleman, Don. It happens to be Brad Sweet's brother-in-law. And if there's any but any one individual that set the world on fire in this crazy year, the name Kyle Larson will come up. And we're just going to kind of highlight some of our thoughts on what Kyle did. But as of this recording, now it could be off a little bit, but he's amassed 45 wins in all different venues, Don. 410 sprints, 360 sprints, silver crown cars, midgets, and Evie performed a win at Port Royal Speedway in a late model. I don't think anybody was expecting that. They were they were dazzled. I mean, second night in the car, and he, he beats the World of Outlaws. Unbelievable. What's well, unbelievable was, you know, you look at statistics, and there was a, a, a program that you and I both uh, viewed on Flow Racing. So, fans, if you happen to have Flow Racing, you need to see it. It's the year about Kyle Larson, but... In the sprint cars, his average finish, and I could be, I'm not sure how many races Kyle ran. He probably ran, I don't know, 100 races, give or take. But his average finish in the sprint cars was 1.5. And based upon that, and in statistics that I looked at, he was, that's right around 50% win ratio for those races. Not Finishing in the top 10, but a 50% win ratio. Unbelievable. Yeah, one of the uh, victims of this pandemic is the Circle Track Club Banquet. Uh, uh, I believe they had to cancel that. Some of your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I know the banquet is near and dear to, to both you and I. Your involvement with the club for so many years and kind of at the banquet and then turning it over to me about six years ago. In uh, the uncertainties that we're still here in the world and in Pennsylvania and North Carolina in general, it just made the most common amount of sense to where they don't really want gatherings. And as much as we'd like to gather and, and celebrate our, our champions and our, our Hall of Famers, it just was in the best interest of everybody to... Uh, we'll just say, and I don't want to use the word postpone. We're going to, you know, be canceled, but you know, we'll also try to take that into consideration when we have the banquet next year. That perhaps some of these classes, the especially the uh, Hall of Fame class, we can have a few more inductees in there to make up for the loss of this year. But, but Don, one of the things that I just wanted to, to talk about is we had a lot of fun. Uh, we, we talk about the beginning of the year, uh, things that we're going to do, and when this broke at this pandemic in March, you know, you were still in North Carolina, and I'm, I'm up here in Pittsburgh, and we literally thought, you know, what are we going to do one with the show, but are we ever going to race? And we went to some tracks for the first time, and just, you know, maybe you highlight a couple of them that uh, just were special. I, I'm going to cheat on one for you that because you had an opportunity to go where I didn't go, but you were like one of four people that were allowed for that first uh, 
modified race at Jennerstown Speedway. That was amazing, I, I and I love the modifieds. Plus, some of the things that uh, Billy Rebar has planned for this year, if you thought last year's schedule and, and special events was something, wait till this year. And something that I enjoyed was when you were down here, uh, you came down to help uh, uh, Donna get here safely with her broken ankle. I took you to Millbridge, and I was shocked at the improvements that they had made from the last time I was there, I like missed a year, came back, and it's like, holy cow, what, what a nice place. I know you enjoyed that. Uh, you had a chance to uh, talk to uh, Kyle Bush's son and I think maybe Kyle Larson's son. What was fascinating about those two, uh, big stars in their own right, but at Millbridge, they're just somebody's dad. And, and that's how everybody treated them. I mean, nobody was bugging either one of them for autographs or pictures. They were just there maybe uh, checking out the son's race car, talking racing, but talking Millbridge racing, not NASCAR, not World of Outlaws, nothing like that. I've I, you know, again, so fortunate this year. I was able to go to 14 different tracks throughout uh, western Pennsylvania and Ohio, and attend 55 races. And if you had told me when this broke in March, I'm going to attend 55 races, I, I never thought it would be possible. But just some memorable moments in the past year. And again, when we talked about cancellations, you know, the PRI show would have been, you know, we would have been really talking about this, you know, as I would have been heading to the show in about a week or so. Uh, that got canceled. You know, I had the chance to, you know, meet Richard Petty. And then when I was down, with you back in October, I had a chance to, you know, talk and meet to Bobby Allison. So, you know, I jokingly always say I never take pictures with too many people, but I broke my rules for those. But, you know, I think in general, the thing that I, I really take is from the year is how hard the tracks work to make this be possible for everybody. And, and I just think the whole different perspective from the drivers and the fans this year, I think everybody cooperated in, in the best way possible. But, again, there's, you know, the interviews with Cal Larson, Brandon Shepard, and, you know, we, Scott Bloom, because, you know, on Wrapping on Racing, if, you, if it's out there and we tell you, we'll, we'll, we'll do our best to get the interview. But that's one night that's always special, and this will be my conclusion of some of the racetracks are, I had a chance to take you and Robert Johnson to Hummingbird Speedway, and the Culture Ground family has just grown on me immensely over the last five years. And to see Louie do what he does at the age of 92, he's 30 years older than me, and I think he can work circles around me. And it was, as always, it's a long evening, but it's a very fun evening, Don. I like when you come up there, first thing they say is, hey, big city, how you doing? You're part of their family up there, and they really enjoy it when you come there. I want to get back to Bobby Allison. I said, Dave, there's a really good restaurant here in Mooresville. You're going to enjoy this. Little did I know you'd enjoy it enough to run there and there and have a chance to chat with Bobby. And then uh, we need to tell people that you are in Kyle Bush's video of highlights from Millbridge Speedway. It, it seems like I can't go anywhere now. With, with, with I, think it, I don't know if it's the wrapping on. And you created a monster a few years ago, so it's like now it's like the, you jokingly say, "Where's Dave?" 
It's yeah. not where's Waldo, where's yeah. Dave going to be. And one other item, you mentioned uh, Kyle Larson's 1.5 uh, finish. Uh, one of the racers that had even a better record was you because – Every week, you give a report that the, the fans love it. You know, we, we got a ton of new listeners, and they keep adding and adding and adding. And I think it's because someone will listen to the show, and then they'll tell a friend, you ought to try this show. It's pretty good. And the reach with Rapping on Racing, either through Facebook or uh, the webpage or whatever, I put a picture up there of Dick Bailey uh, going to uh, Daytona in uh, – the uh, Mariani Brothers Coupe, and then there was two other pictures of that same car after it became a street rod and was at Lernerville Speedway, and I'm estimating seven or 8,000 people read that story. It's just incredible, and the fact that that car was transformed from a, basically a dirt modified into a beautiful silver street rod, uh, it was one of the highlights. And when I looked at the picture of the, the men that were there for Nostalgia Night, it was kind of sad because a lot, of that pe- a lot of the people in that picture aren't with us anymore. That, it is always difficult because when I, you know, you, I share your sentiments. I look at that. And sometimes you'll see a, a photograph of a, a picture from five years ago, and then you'll see little blacked-out individuals in there. And that means those people aren't there. But I... I the thing that I am most proud of wrapping on race, and one, we're connecting to, I want to say the diehards, the older people, myself, you, that are truly the nostalgia buffs of the, of the sport and, and understand it. But like with modern technology, Don, things change, and it's up to you and me and so many other people that are involved in the sport to communicate this to our youth, because if we if they don't get it, you know, you and I are going to be long gone. But this mystique and legend of racing so steeped in Western Pennsylvania and across the United States, it's it's not going to be there, and it will be a sad time. Yeah. Well, Dave, we got to wrap this up. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. I'll talk to you many times before that, but uh, thank you for a great job of 2020. The- Don, I, you know, again, I appreciate your comments, and, and to you, you know, you and Don, I wish you, uh, you know, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and to all our fans out there, Happy Holidays, uh, Merry Christmas, and a blessed New Year's. Good night, everyone. We're from the town with the great football team. We cheer the Pittsburgh Steelers. Out and get them Steelers We love you Pittsburgh Steelers It's been many years in coming Just keep the Steeler machinery humming Defense, defense Make them scramble and intercept the ball Defense, keep the Steelers always best of all. Team with me and sing the Steeler cheer. The Jennerstown Speedway Complex is located in the scenic Laurel Mountains of Somerset County, Pennsylvania, in the town of Jennerstown. 
at the intersections of Route 30 and Route 985. Experience the thrill of Jennerstown Speedway with its 550 feet of 6-degree straightaways and over 700 feet of 9-degree sweeping corners. Jennerstown Speedway serves as the host for five divisions of weekly racing series every Saturday evening from May to September. Weekly divisions include late models, modifieds, street stocks, charger, and the Fast and Furious 4s. Special events include IMSA Super Modifieds, Super Cup Stock Car Series, the Race of Champions Modifieds, Spectator Gates open at 4 p.m. with racing starting at 6 p.m., allowing for even the youngest fans the opportunity to experience the entire action-packed show. The ownership and staff of the Jennerstown Speedway Complex take great pride in providing fun and affordable family entertainment. At the completion of each weekly event, everyone in attendance is invited into the pit area to meet their favorite drivers and see the cars up close and in person. For upcoming events and special promotions, you can visit Jennerstown.org or follow them on Facebook. A message for all racers, race fans, or campers. Alternative Power Sources Incorporated, located in western Pennsylvania since 1995, we have proudly served homeowners and businesses throughout portions of Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia, offering a complete line of generators and the ability to provide turnkey projects. From sales and rentals to service, maintenance, and installation, Alternative Power Sources is dedicated to providing reliable generator solutions. Their brands include MTU, Kohler, Gillette, Yamaha, Powertech, and ASCO. The experienced sales force has over 40 years' experience in the generator field, providing the resources to design the generator package to meet your needs and specifications and supply the specified products. If service is important to you, they are your source. Alternative Power Sources. For more information, call 1-800-894-4455. Hey, this is Joey Logano, and you're listening to Rapid On Racing. All right, fans, a lot of exciting news coming out of Jennerstown Speedway, and we're going to talk to Bill Rebar. Bill, good evening. How are you? Doing well, Don. Thanks for having me, as always. I guess the first thing we should do is uh, the banquet. Just uh, had that recently. A lot of awards, a lot of uh, special things happening. Yes, sir. We were able to pull together a banquet, uh, thanks to Gene Ellie's too, up there and outside of Greensburg, heading towards Lake Trobe. Put off a wonderful, socially distanced banquet. It was a great dinner. We had a great award ceremony. Got to celebrate our champions. And some special awards I'd like to talk about, Don. Um, you know, Everybody keeps track of the points, and you can go online and see who your 2020 champions were and so on and so forth. But a lot of people don't realize we also give away Rookie of the Year awards as well as most approved drivers in each division. So I'd like to talk about those. Go. All right, so your 2020 Rookie of the Year in your Somerset Trust Company, Fast and Furious Force, is Mr. Jeffrey Vasso. Uh, Jeffrey was also your points champion in the uh, Fast and Furious Force. So pretty exciting to see not only a rookie win rookie of the year but also win the points title and he's not the first to do so but he came over didn't know if he was going to run a full season but he was able to accomplish both rookie of the year and your 2020 somerset trust company fast and furious four champion so that was exciting for him what a way to start the year or the season yeah if you if you remember don this is actually the car formerly driven by andrew pluta 
He was a past champion, and Andrew actually was suffering some major medical conditions this year. Uh, he had a brain tumor that he's been fighting. Jeffrey bought the car off of him, uh, hoping to run with Andrew, not without him, and uh, he was able to go on and win that championship for Andrew as he's recovering from his medical procedures this year. Who was uh, most improved? The most improved driver in the Fast and Furious Fours was Mr. Jason Fulton, racing Jason Fulton. Uh, anybody at the racetrack knows Jason. He's a fun-loving, charismatic kind of guy. Uh, loves to talk everybody's ear off, and we love to have him there. So very, very, uh, how do I say this, rewarding recipient of this award. Uh, Jason's a big component of the track every Saturday night, and he's very dedicated. And he's had some rumors that he might move up to a Charger next year. So we're excited to see Jason win Most Improved Driver. I understand a good friend of mine, Robert Johnson, who has worked tirelessly for the racing community, got a special award. He did. He did. And if folks are not familiar with Robert Johnson, uh, Robert is part of an organization uh, which is the Save Grassroots Racing across America. Uh, He's part of the United States Motorsports Council. And most recently, Robert created a Pennsylvania chapter of that. And Robert was very instrumental for not only Jennerstown, but all local speedways to operate in the 2020 season amidst the COVID-19 pandemic. Robert was our direct line of communication to Harrisburg. Uh, He was able to get us answers that we couldn't get anywhere else. So we created a new award in 2020. We call it the Friend of Jennerstown Award, and we were awarded that to Robert. Uh, He had no clue that he was going to get this award. And it was only fitting that somebody put in the time and effort that he has done to not just benefit Jennerstown, but the entire racing community in southwestern Pennsylvania, or the entire state, that he was recognized for his efforts. So we created the Friend of Jennerstown Award, and we presented that to Robert Johnson at the banquet. His connections in Harrisburg are, are worth a fortune. He knows everybody. And when you couldn't get a phone call or an answer, he could. That's amazing. That's correct, and we're very, very fortunate to have Robert. And we have some other key people we recognize at the banquet. Uh, if you recall, last year in 2019, we recreated the Lenny Batiki Good Guy Award, and the inaugural recipient was Mike Bellardi for everything he does at Speedway. Uh, this year's 2020 Lenny Batiki Good Guy Award went to Matt Shinoski, which Matt is kind of the behind-the-scenes kind of guy, flies under the radar. Matt does most of our PR work. He does all of our social media uh, great guy, does all the posts on Saturday nights, and very uh, underappreciated job for what he does. Designs all our programs every week, does a lot of our graphics. Just a tremendous guy, does it for all the right reasons, and uh, we couldn't fit a, figure out a better person than Matt Shinoski to win the Lenny Batiki Good Guy Award. Any other special awards? We did. Uh, we also have Sportsman of the Year, which we feel is very important. We've had... Uh, car owners, we've had drivers, we've had crewmen, we've had sponsors. This award has gone to several different people over the years, and I felt that 2020 has probably gone to one of the most uh, deserving gentlemen out of anyone that's ever gotten this award, and that's Mr. Benji Huzak. Uh, Benji is our track photographer. He does that 100% voluntarily, doesn't get a dime. Um, Benji is one of the first people there on Saturday, one of the last people to leave. Fun-loving, great guy. He works for Stoystown Auto, just recently retired, so he was our liaison there. 
Benji's so dedicated at Speedway. One night we needed somebody to cook burgers in the pits, and I look in there, and there's Benji flipping hamburgers. So uh, guys like that are hard to come by, and we felt it was only right to recognize Benji as our 2020 Sportsman of the Year. Also, he was very excited, and I think we kind of caught him off guard. Also, an outstanding photographer. Anytime I need a photo, I send him an email, and I get it right away. Absolutely. He has quite a Rolodex, so he, he helps us all the way around and helps make those programs what they are and things like that. And we had one other special award we give away every year, which is the Mechanic of the Year. Uh, the 2020 Mechanic of the Year was actually Mr. Casey Flegel, who was also your Ron's Collision Center Street Stock Champion. Casey is extremely dedicated uh, to the Speedway. And for those that don't know, and a lot of people do, Casey had a little bit of a rough going at first at Jennerstown. He actually got kicked out for a while, and we got him back in. And He has mellowed out so much, and I am proud to call Casey one of my friends. Uh, after the races, we, we hang out for a while. It seems that everybody has had a great camaraderie this year dealing with this virus and stuff. And Casey's the only guy I know could build somebody a race car that he starts on Sunday and have it racing the next Saturday. Uh, there's so many people he helped this season that literally Casey would just drive them by and there's somebody testing and they broke and he handed them parts and worked on things. and just He is really, really deserving of the Mechanic of the Year Award, so glad to see him be able to recognize for that. I couldn't believe it when I interviewed him when he told me how many cars – he had his hands on that he touched that are racing there. And like you said, he'll, well, one of the guys uh, totaled his car on a Saturday night. And, and Casey said, uh, get that body that you have and get it over here and I'll have you ready for next Saturday. And he did. And exactly, that's exactly correct. And not only are they repaired and on the track, they're competitive. So it's a really compliment and a testimony to how hard Casey works. And, you know, to finish out the rookie of the year and most improved, let's just go down through these real quick. Uh, the 2020 Rookie of the Year in the Charger Division was Mr. Kyle Burkholder. Kyle is a former dirt track racer and also the grandson of Mr. Bob Arsenberger, which is a very familiar name to asphalt racing. So the Burkholder boys coming over uh, this year on asphalt, absolutely loved it. I know they're really looking forward to 2021, and I can't wait to see them guys come back and maybe make a run for the, the Charger Division Championship. Fans, if you're just joining us, we're talking to Bill Rebar from the Jennerstown Speedway. Bill, I need you to hold that thought. We need to take a short break, and when we come back, I'm all excited about the new schedule. We'll be right back. Toma's Meat Market is a full-service, old-fashioned butcher shop and meat market. Their stores nestled in the farmlands of western Pennsylvania, where they've been for over 50 years. They hand-select cattle and hogs purchased from local farmers. At Toma's, they can help you prepare for anything from your own family's dinner to a special graduation party, a company picnic, an anniversary celebration, a wedding reception, or a whole host of other things. They can prepare entrees and have them ready for pickup or delivery in foil chafer pans. Just heat them and eat them. Please call or stop by to find out about putting a package of these ideas together for your special event. The taste and the service are out of this world. Toma's Meat Market, located at 748 Dinner Bell Road in Saxonburg, PA. For additional information, please give them a call at 724-352-2020. That's 724-352-2020. All right, fans, we're back. We're talking to Bill Rebar from the Jennerstown Speedway. Bill, pick it up where we left off. All right, our 2020 Most Improved Charger Driver for the Farmers Union Co-op Chargers was Mr. Bob Mossdaller. 
Uh, Bob toes all the way from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania to races that's on the mountain, and boy, he just light a wick or a fuse here at the end of the season and really turn it on. And I'm going to go out on a limb and predict that Bob will have a win in the 2021 season here at Jennerstown. So we're excited for him to get that award. In your Ron Division, uh, Ron's Collision Center Street Stock Division, your 2020 Street Stock Rookie of the Year was Mr. Jeff Barclay, who is the brother of late model driver Jared Barclay. So it's a family affair there was your Rookie of the Year. And your most improved driver, uh, a lovely young lady from West Newton, Pennsylvania, is Angie Kimberly. Angie Kimberly, who is the daughter of Dell Kimberly, who's your Charger Division champion, Angie, second year in the Street Stock Division. She is also going to find a win here again in 2021. If you remember, she won in 2019, got a new car this year, had to learn the car, learn the ropes, but we'll see her in victory lane in 2021. In our Stoystown Auto Wreckers Modified Division, your Rookie of the Year was Mr. John Fama, another dirt convert over to asphalt. Uh, John looked great, and towards the last couple of weeks, I think he had a, a second-place finish. So John really liked the wick as well coming in the second part of the year. Your most improved driver in the Stoystown Auto Record Modifieds was Miss Cindy Shawless. Um, once again, Cindy's been a loyal competitor at the Speedway, really getting the wheels under her in that open-wheel modified, and can't wait to see what she can do in 2021. Your Rookie of the Year in your Martellus Pharmacy Late Mall Division, no surprise, Mr. Albert Francis, your points champion. Uh, so him and Jeffrey Vasso both, not only divisional rookies, but also points champions. So really exciting to see that happen. And lastly, the awards we had at the banquet, special awards, was Mr. Jared Barclay receiving the Martellus Pharmacy Most Improved Late Model Drivers. So it was nice, nice to recognize these folks, Don. They don't know they're receiving these awards going into it, so... It's uh, nice to see the look on their face when they get called up on the stage. Recognition goes a long way. Well, it helps keep people motivated. I mean, when you're struggling or working hard, you don't get a pat on the back. That little pat on the back or recognition really draws you back in and keeps you going. So that's what we like to do. Everybody's excited about the schedule. Don, just as well. What do you have uh, planned for 2021? Well, uh, provided that this COVID pandemic COVID-19 pandemic gets out, like it looks like we're going to with the vaccine and whatever. Uh, we're looking to start practice on April 17th and April 24th, just two practice days this year, Don. In the past, we've always run three. Uh, but we decided it was really important to get started racing as early as we can. So May 1st, mark your calendars, fans. May 1st, 2021, will be opening night at the Jennerstown Speedway with not five, but six divisions of asphalt racing. Your late models, your modified, your new pro stock division, street stocks, chargers, and four cylinders will all be in action on Saturday, May 1st, 2021. Moving right along, uh, we're going to leave May 29th as to be determined. Uh, I think some people will be able to connect the dots and figure out what that is, but this time we are contractually bound to kind of keep May 29th on the ropes. Uh, June 5th is going to be a 75 lap late model race dawn uh it's been quite some time since we've ran extended weekly late model shows well we felt that finally with the car counts that we're seeing and the competitiveness we have it's time to bring back one of those 75 lap special events so saturday june 5th will be five division action with a 75 lap late model event uh Endoros will return for 2021 i know there was some question as to whether we were going to continue those those are back on the schedule Saturday, July 3rd, 
which is the 4th of July weekend, will be the $20,000 to win Cars Super Late Model Tour returning to the Speedway. Uh, we're still in negotiations as to what their counterpart would be. But if I had to guess, I think you're going to see a lot more Martellus Pharmacy late models compete that weekend, but that's still to be determined at this time. But really excited to see some of the nation's top drivers like Bubba Pollard, Stephen Nassi, and many, many more returning to Speedway for that $20,000 to win event. Uh, we have the Super Cup Stock Car Series returning on July 10th as well as August 21st in 2021. A uh, little different than racing, the All-Star Monster Truck Tour will return on July 24th, along with FFX Freestyle Motocross, Don. Uh, they have not been to the Speedway before, but not only are you going to see monster trucks, you're going to see dirt bikes doing backflips. So we're excited to bring that to the Speedway this year in 2021. It touches a whole new August- fan base. It does. It really does. It keeps that show new and exciting to everyone. We'll have six monster trucks again this year, as well as the motocross bikes. So we're excited to bring them to the track. August 6th and 7th will be the fourth annual Motor Mountain Masters. It has been grown to be the biggest late model short track racing event in the country for pro late models. $10,000 to win. We already have drivers knocking on our door asking for the registration form for 2021. Uh, these are drivers that only been to Jennerstown once. Some of them left there with boxes of scraps of race cars, but they cannot wait to come back in 2021. I'm sorry, 2021 through that Motor Mountain Masters. So we're excited about that. Uh, one of the big announcements that we're going to make here on the show, folks, people need to realize uh, COVID-19 hit everyone. It hit the motorsport community, it hit a lot of our jobs, so on and so forth. So, we wanted to take a more conservative approach in 2021. We didn't plan on having many large-scale events. As a matter of fact, we only planned on doing two. Uh, the Cars Tour deal is a, it's actually Jack McNelly has leased the Speedway for that weekend, so it's his show. Uh, the May 29th weekend that's to be determined is another partnership lease show. So a lot of these big events we were just not going to have. We were going to play safe in 2021, not disrespecting anyone. It's just not knowing 100% what's coming ahead of us, we wanted to be safe. Well, we were able to book a show on September 11th. Uh, we have an unnamed sponsor that I won't mention at this time, that when they heard we weren't going to have as many shows and as many large shows, they were really, really interested in bringing back a series that hasn't been at the Speedway for quite some time. And we talked about it, and if they were willing to support it, we were going to bring that series back. So on Saturday, September 11th, the Isma Super Modifieds will be back at Jennerstown Speedway. That's going to bring a real buzz to the track because the people that love that, and it's it's wonderful you're bringing them back. Yeah, it's the number one request we get every single year. Uh, you know, there's a lot of logistics in bringing in a touring series, especially one that's based so far away from us. Uh, but we were able to... Uh, once receiving that interest from the sponsor and talking to the ISMA team, we were able to receive a contract and make something work for all parties involved. I know they are excited to come back to Jennerstown Speedway, and like I said, it's the number one request I get every year from fans is, please bring ISMA back, please bring ISMA back. So we're excited to do so, and then uh, our intentions are to wrap up the racing season on Saturday, September 18th. Uh, with our championship night, where six divisions will be back in action once again. A full schedule. We plan on doing a live stream real soon. 
that will get posted to our website as well as getting everything out there as well. So stay tuned for a full schedule, week by week, what's racing, when, so on and so forth, really, really soon, Dawn. Uh, we wanted to make the announcement of the schedule on your show, as we always like to do. Uh, we're excited for 2021 as the car counts grow, facility upgrades happening. It's just keep moving forward here at the Jennerstown Speedway. The best way to describe 2021 is wow. I, I just, I'm so excited about not only the regular divisions, the rotation with the uh, pro stocks, giving each and every division, except for the late models, a night off, and they can plan on things. You know, there's life outside of racing. Sometimes we forget that, but I know the wives and girlfriends and the moms are going to like the fact that on any given time, once a month or so, they're going to be able to plan some things. Yes, it really is, and, and I've already got numerous text messages saying, hey, you know, I got a wedding this weekend, or you know, literally drivers getting married, things like that, family members, and we do. We try to work around those schedules because we want to make it for everyone. We don't want to alienate anybody, and we want everybody to feel they're a part of this. Naturally, you're never going to be able to make everybody happy, but we make our best effort to do the best we can for as many people as we can. Well, in closing, I want to wish you and your family a Merry Christmas, and we'll talk to you in January. Well, once again, Don, I just want to thank you for everything the show has done for the Jennerstown Speedway Complex. All the listeners, it seems like each week more and more people text me that they heard something uh, on the show. So can't wait to keep growing that fan base for all of us. I thank you. You have a wonderful evening. Thanks, Don. This portion of Rapid On Racing is brought to you by the Jennerstown Speedway Complex, home of the Motor Mountain Masters. For more information, check out Jennerstown.org. And now, more Rapid On Racing with Don Gamble and Dave Oliveri. We're at the Jennerstown Speedway Banklet, and joining me is the driver of the 33 Martellus Late Model, Albert Francis. Albert, congratulations! first off, congratulations on your championship. When I had a chance to talk to you in a practice day, I guess when the world kind of opened up in Pennsylvania a little bit, uh, well, actually, I don't even know what it was, but we had talked, and this was going to be no one really knew what was happening. Uh, you know, you're based out of you know Painesville, Ohio, and that's where you know your racing career has has been the last few years. But with no place to race, you decided to come over to Jennerstown, and you were to give Jennerstown a shot just to get some laps in the car and do it. Well, then things just materialized, and over the course of the summer. Would you have ever believed that Ohio would have never opened up for it? Now, you do travel, and we can talk a little bit about that, but even with that, the limitations with no fans and things like that, you were able to come over to Jennerstown, and Jennerstown is the the basic late model. Now, you get over to some of the tracks over in Ohio. I think they run the outlaw-type style bodies, and uh, I think there's the track, what's that, over off of uh, 33 somewhere out there that they, uh, it's in Midville or something, they run the outlaw. I think Glenn Galt runs things like that. But uh, you came in right off the bat, you were very successful. But So what... In racing the races that you did this year at Jennerstown on a weekly basis, and you also had some in the touring series, how did you acclimate it to it so quickly? Because Jennerstown is a big half mile. It's smooth. It's fast. And a, a lot of drivers, it, you just don't get it right away. 
Uh, it's not really that much different. They're, it's all left turns, you know. It just takes a little getting used to. Uh, just once you get your setup right, it's not that bad. The biggest deal is getting over the bump in three and four. And uh, actually, at the beginning of the year, the first thing that was actually going to happen was so I was supposed to go to New Hampshire, and that didn't happen. So I contacted Jennerstown and asked him if we could test. We were actually one of the first cars to go test there while this, all this COVID deal was happening, and they were actually talking about opening up. And then I was like, well, I guess we better come back for opening night. And then that's all she wrote. Some of the people that race at Jennerstown, and you mentioned it been your, your championship acceptance speech. You know, last year's champion, Teddy Gabala, uh, a little bit older than you, but still fairly new to the ranks of late model, a strong competitor. And then the professor, one of the, you know, Hall of Fame driver, Barry Audi, racing against those guys on a weekly basis and some of the other competition. As general manager Bill Rebar always says, that field grows each and every week. And in an asphalt division of super late model racing, you don't see that. And each week you have newer, newer cars that are coming in. And as he said, alluded to tonight, there's even be more coming next year. Yeah, that's always great for short track racing. Um, sorry to announce that I won't be there every week next year, but uh, we're definitely going to be traveling around and representing them as uh, the champions, so that should be good for them. You know, having a chance, you know, of being a car owner, when you win that championship, it's a commitment. And you weren't, you know, uh, fortunately for you this year, the commitment was there the way with COVID came. But it's tough when you're out there in a touring series and where you do, you know, you're going to go to New Hampshire, you're going to go to Michigan, you're going to go to Ohio, you're going to go down south. You you can't commit to the weekly thing. So it's it's always nice to say, okay, I put that in my, my resume, my racing resume. But... but in your acceptance speech, you know, you, you mentioned three things, and one, I guess, is like, you know, kind of a craziness and unexpectedness, and what can what has you, as a driver, taken away from this year, uh, just from a team standpoint, and then being at least able to race with fans? Because I think there may be some tracks you may have raced where there's no fans in the stands, and as a race driver, you draw off of that feeling and that, that excitement from the fans and when you get out there's nobody there it, it, it's almost like a total disappointment. Yeah it's, uh, it's definitely, especially a lot of tracks we went to, they had restrictions on fans, like they had some but not that many. Jennerstown they had all of them and there was always people in the stands, it's not like they, even though they were allowed to come, people didn't come and it's just the atmosphere you're around when you're at the racetrack, it's all like a big family, and we were in this together, and we wanted the, we wanted the race every week, so we made it happen. When you go from that local track to that maybe, uh, when you get out to the touring series, how different is the camaraderie in the pits to being more of a business side of it in the words like hey when you can come you know you're going to park next to teddy you're going to park next to barry and you guys are going to share a beer afterwards or you can't share a beer yet but uh, uh you know you, you know your your pit crew and your dad to where you get out there where there's big dollars which 
everybody goes for now because we all know the sport of auto racing is expensive and expensive. And one thing that I, I did do some research and, and just maybe a little silate on this, Francis Engineering has backed race cars or has been part of racing for many decades. Yeah, my dad actually is, has NASCAR backgrounds and all that. It's very different in the local deal because you actually get to know everyone you're racing with each and every week. You sort of do that on a touring series, too, if you travel with the same series, but I don't travel with the same series. So I do a little bit of CRA, cars, pass, uh, Southern Super Series. It's just a little bit of everything. I travel a little more with CRA more than anything, so I know I know them guys a little bit more. But uh, it's also harder on like a standpoint where you got to have different setups and data for every racetrack you go to, and that's all. It's also hard to hit the setup where if you're racing weekly, you go back and you know what you got to have each and every week to win. And I think that holds true with you know any division of racing, whether it's a late model, a modified, but even when you get to the dirt and different tracks like that, it's nice to have that notebook. But also, when you travel to these other tracks, you're the outsider. You're the guy that doesn't run on that tour maybe on a on a yearly basis. You're the hit-and-miss type guy. So how do you go and approach that and just... You just go in and say, okay, well, I have my, these are my notes. I'm going to do the best I can and go from there. Yeah, you sort of go in there like, you got to be confident, but there's really no way to go into a place that you've never been to and be super confident about it. But you always got to be confident because you're going to race against the best in the business, like Bubba Pollard and Casey Roderick and all them guys. It's tough. It's not for everyone and plus they have the t- they have the experience plus they have top-notch equipment but in in looking over your you know your resume for this year you won the points championship by four points and listeners if you're just joining us we're talking to the uh jennerstown champion in the, in the super late models and what albert francis but albert one thing I noticed that it maybe won you the championship. You you know you had three wins, but you had nine heat race wins and ten. Okay, that was almost perfect. Okay, sometimes my stats might be a little bit off, but if you look at that in the long run, whatever you garner for a, a heat race win, whether it's five points or ten points. It's 10. Teddy and Barry didn't have that each and every week. So when you had a, maybe that one bad night, and each one of you seemed to have one bad night, and that made the difference between the swing and points. But how, how, what makes the car so quick when you come right out of the box? Uh, Van Dorn was really close when we went to test. Uh, he had not raced there very much, so we were kind of like their baseline and getting their data. So once we got that, honestly, for not having data and going there, not having load numbers, we were really close out of the box on the on the test. Just packer here, packer there, spring adjustment, pan our bar, quick, easy adjustments. So when we came back for opening night, we had been fighting that that track doesn't like stagger, and we've been... We'd always been stagger dominant on places we go. So the first three nights, we finished, I think we finished fourth in the first two nights, and then we won the third night, and the third night was the first time we actually tried not running a lot of stagger, and the car stayed fast. So 
even though the car might be faster with a little more stagger on the short run, the long run, you take that stagger away, it stays. In, in a year that all of us, myself, you, your family, you know, people across the United States in, in this pandemic year, you know, winning a championship, I'm, I'm sure, was an enjoyable part of it. But if there is anything that you, just you, Albert Francis, can take away from this year that is, is say, very memorable, what would it be? Well, it's the year that uh, everyone should remember because you have to wear masks everywhere you go. It's definitely not the funnest thing in the world. But uh, I just... Because... Everyone needed this to get through this year. I feel like if they didn't have racing, it would have. We probably all would have drove ourselves crazy at home. Uh, if we didn't have anything to do, it's just it was a savior, honestly. I know for so many, or, uh, so many of us, and myself included, we have been so blessed by, for whatever reasons, the powers that be to be able to race as often as we did this year. So, Albert. It's great having you on the show. Congratulations on your Generous Town Late Model Championship. And, and for 2021, wherever the road takes you, we wish you the best of luck at Rapid on Racing. Thank you. This portion of Rapid on Racing is brought to you by the Generous Town Speedway Complex, home of the Motor Mountain Masters. For more information, check out Jennerstown.org. Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, and long-term care alternatives. As a registered IRS tax preparer, he can assist retirees with the completion of property tax rebate forms and other government tax reduction programs at no charge. Mr. Sabo does not charge a fee to meet with potential clients for a fact find. His office is located at 5061 Route 8, Gibsonia, PA. If you are in need of any of the services that he provides, give him a call at 724-443-5720. That's 724-443-5720. Or email him at rick.sabo at jwcemail.com. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, member of FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated, neither J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated or J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, nor its representatives provide legal, tax preparation, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W.C.A. J.W.C. RPS Financial Solutions and J.W.C. J.W.C.A. are unaffiliated entities. And now back to Don Gamble and more Rapid on Racing. It's a special edition of Late Model Lightning. There's a title you haven't heard in a while. I'm Bill Korch. Actually, we did our very first Late Model report for Rapid on Racing back in 1994, covering the first dream race at Eldora Speedway. And Late Model Lightning followed shortly afterward. On today's show, I'll be taking a look back at the 2020 season for the Lucas Oil and World of Outlaw Late Model Series, as well as a couple of other big events, and we'll also touch on the Rush Crate Late Model Series season. The Lucas Oil Dirt Late Model Series started out with the usual stops in Georgia and Florida in early February, with Tim McCready, Mason Ziegler, and Brandon Shepard picking up the $12,000 to win events. 
But then the coronavirus entered the picture when the season was to resume in March, postponing or canceling a number of events for a couple of months. One of the big events, the Show Me 100 in Missouri, was delayed from its usual Memorial Day weekend slot to mid-July. And that's when the race produced a surprise winner. Kate Looney has dominated the last half of this race. And for the second time in Show Me 100 history, a driver from the state of Missouri has won the Show Me 100, Peyton Looney with a victory. There at the end, I knew that if I didn't miss that bottom, you know, they were going to have to wreck me to get by me. And I was content riding around there with Bronson. So, you know, it just all worked out. Yes, a big win for Missouri driver Peyton Looney. Shortly after that, Brandon Shepard won the $53,000 Silver Dollar Nationals in Nebraska. Jimmy Owens continued his winning place with a victory at the Ralph Latham Memorial at Florence Speedway. But it was Tim McCready capturing the $50,000 at Florence in the annual North-South 100. Owens back in victory lane at the $40,000 to win topless 100 at Batesville, Arkansas. And Kyle Larson, in the Rumley Brothers number 6, got his first Lucas Oil Series win at Port Royal in August, defying the experts who thought it would take Larson a little bit longer to win in a late model. Actually, it kind of surprised himself. I don't know. It doesn't even really seem real yet. Um, I wasn't expecting to do this. So it just shows how good you know Kevin Rumley is and, and how good their equipment is. So uh, that was that was a fun 50 laps. You know, I, I ran the bottom there early in three and four, and, and I seen he, you know Brandon Shepard showed his nose into one. So I figured he was doing something different than me in three and four, and you know, we got a yellow, and you know, they let me know to move up. And uh, from then on, I didn't really see anybody. So just a cool to win a late model race. Like I said, I wasn't expecting to do that. With the Lucas Oil Late Model Nationals at Knoxville canceled, the next big event on the schedule was the Jackson 100 in Indiana. That was won by Tim McCready. And then it was on to Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway for the 32nd annual Pittsburgher. And another first-time series winner, Ricky Thornton. Oh, it's huge. You know, growing up, it's, this is definitely where everybody wants to be uh, as far as uh, dirt track racing. So, you know, to be able to come out and, uh, and really I started 14th and drive to the front like that, uh, it's pretty special. The season's final big race was the annual Dirt Track World Championship at Portsmouth, won by Brandon Shepard. But Jimmy Owens captured the points title by an almost 400-point margin over Tim McCready. Jonathan Davenport finished third, followed by Josh Richards and Tyler Erb. Sixth through tenth in the points, Shane Clanton, Devin Moran, Cal Bronson, Tanner English, and Earl Pearson Jr. The World of Outlaws Dirt Late Model Series also had its season delayed after the Florida races in February, which included three wins by Jimmy Owens. Yes, the drivers who will run for points in either the Lucas Oil or World of Outlaws Series will usually be at events for both series in Florida. So the series resumed its schedule in May, with the first big event to follow a month later at Lernerville. Yes, the annual Firecracker three-day event with Kate Dillard picking up the $30,000 main event win. Eighth different winner of the Firecracker. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name is Kate Dillard. He has just won here in Lernerville. Still find it hard to believe to win a crown jewel at a place like this with this many fans and this many good cars. It's all pretty unreal for sure. A week later at Cedar Lake, Brandon Shepard was the $20,000 winner, and that started a streak of wins throughout the month of July for Shepard. But when the series returned to Cedar Lake Speedway in August, it was another Brandon, Brandon Overton, winning the $50,000 shootout at the USA Nationals. Back in Pennsylvania later in the month, Shepard won at Williams Grove, while Dennis Herb Jr. won at Erie's. You know, one name you haven't heard in my report so far is one that you would expect, Scott Bloomquist. 
It had been a trying year for the Dominator, but he finally got the win at Thunder Mountain Speedway in late September. The next night at Thunder Mountain, Jared Miley almost pulled off the upset win, but a late caution and then a last lap pass by Brandon Shepard ruined Miley's efforts. The season concluded at the dirt track at Charlotte, although not with the usual event, but Tim McCready did pick up the final series win for 2020. And at the end, it was Brandon Shepard at the top of the World of Outlaw points by almost 300 over runner-up Ricky Weiss. Burnerville winner Kate Dillard was third, Dennis Herb Jr. fourth, and Chase Younghands fifth, and sixth through tenth in the points, Daryl Lanigan, Ashton Winger, Scott Bloomquist, Boom Briggs, and Brett Larson. The two main annual events at Eldora Speedway in Ohio, the Dream and the World 100, were not held this year because of the coronavirus restrictions, but the Speedway did hold two replacement races. The first was the Stream in June. Down the back straightaway for the final time through turns three and four. Ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the inaugural Dirt Late Model Stream is Tim McCready. Figured if I drove in hard enough and kept my speed up, uh, they wouldn't be able to get that huge run off the corner because it's, you know, I was in their way. So um, I don't know how close they were at the end. I just know this. Uh, that's probably the only ran like six laps out there, and the last one and a half was uh, for 50, so we'll take it. And then at Eldora, instead of the World 100, it was the Intercontinental Classic in September. And that went down to the wire with a big last lap disappointment for one driver. And he's slowing down a little bit. I'm not sure oh. what's going on. Is there an issue on the eight car? He slowed down he's a lot. way down. He may have a tire down. The white oh, flag no. is out. The white flag is out. Oh, he's got a tire there. down. He's got a tire down. Oh. Davenport is, goes to the lead. Are you oh, kidding no. me? No. Jonathan Davenport to the lead on the final lap. The checkered flag is in the air. And in a wild turn of events in Eldora, Jonathan Davenport wins the Intercontinental Classic. Yes, it was a very expensive flat tire for Kyle Strickler. So schedules are out for both the Lucas Oil and World of Outlaw Late Model Series for 2021, and some new events have been added. But just like this year, a lot will be dependent on where we stand with the COVID-19 situation. So let's hope we can attend our favorite events without restrictions in 2021. Briefly, to wrap up today's report, the Rush Crate Late Model Series was able to hold a few touring events this year, including the annual Joke George Memorial at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, won by Michael Norris. I got to thank my brother-in-law, Nico DeBecco, for letting me run his car. Um, it takes a big man to step out of your car and watch somebody else beat the crap out of it, so I really appreciate it, and I'm glad to get this win for him and my sister. And This was kind of a whole family deal, so it's really special. Got a lot of people that helped us this week, and uh, just glad to be here. And there was the doubleheader of races for the Rush Crate Lay Model Series the weekend of the Pittsburgher in October, with Kyle Lucon and Levi Crowell the winners. And finally, the Steel City Stampede event at Lernerville with Max Blair the winner. Blair also won earlier in the year at Lernerville in the Bill Emick Memorial, held during the Firecracker weekend. But despite two big wins by Blair, the Rush Points title was won by Jeremy Wonderling of New York, followed by Joe Martin, Josh Ferry, Moon Township driver Logan Zarin, and Michael Doritsky. Also looking forward to more touring races from the Rush Crate Late Model Series in 2021. And that's it for our special Late Model Lightning Report. Wrapping up the 2020 season, I'm Bill Korch for Rapid on Racing. This portion of Rapid on Racing was brought to you by the Jennerstown Speedway Complex, home of the Motor Mountain Masters. For information about upcoming events at Jennerstown Speedway, check out jennerstown.org. 
a message for all racers, race fans, or campers. Alternative Power Sources Incorporated, located in western Pennsylvania since 1995, we have proudly served homeowners and businesses throughout portions of Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia, offering a complete line of generators and the ability to provide turnkey projects. From sales and rentals to service, maintenance, and installation, Alternative Power Sources is dedicated to providing reliable generator solutions. Their brands include MTU, Kohler, Gillette, Yamaha, Powertech, and ASCO. The experienced sales force has over 40 years' experience in the generator field, providing the resources to design the generator package to meet your needs and specifications and supply the specified products. If service is important to you, they are your source. Alternative Power Sources. For more information, call 1-800-894-4455. Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway would like to thank all of our marketing partners who've helped make the 2020 season a huge success. Deal Automotive, Admar Construction Equipment, Keystone Coachworks, Crawford Auto Repair, Always Safe Traffic Control, Calusi Chevrolet, RockAuto.com, Mastro Ice, RacingJunk.com, Miley Truck Rental, Falcone's Moon Township Automotive, K&N Filters, Yingling, Octane Graphics, Precise Racing Products, Allegheny West Magazine, Zarin Truck and Automotive, Basel Race Fuels, Coca-Cola, and Summit Racing Equipment. PPMS would also like to congratulate our 2020 division champions. In the late models, Ben Police. In the pro stocks, Dave McManus. In the hobby stocks, Stephen Sheltman. In the four cylinders, Philip Bubeck. And in the young guns, Noah Bubeck. Be sure to check out ppms.com during the entire offseason and get all the information you need about the 2021 season at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. And now more Rapping on Racing with your hosts, Don Gamble and Jim Zufall. All right, fans, joining us now, the voice of Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, Jim Zufall. Jim, good evening. How are you? Well, good evening. Welcome to the holiday season, I guess. Unfortunately, it's not going to be anything like any other holiday season we've uh, we've ever experienced before, unfortunately. But it is what it is, and we're always hoping for better. So Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, uh, schedule time is coming. It's not quite here yet. We do not have a schedule, but we have bookends. And by that, I mean we have an opening night, the 33rd season of Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway under the uh, guy, under the watch of the Miley Motorsports family. We'll start on May the 1st, Saturday night. May the 1st is our opening night. And at the other end of the schedule, as I said, bookends, October 1st and 2nd, we will wrap things up as usual with the Pittsburgher 100. And uh, as we did this year, uh, unfortunately, you know, everybody, I know Lernerville did, a few other tracks did if they could, was extend their season. Everybody knows we extended a week or so. And uh, so this year we're trying to be back on a regular schedule. So hopefully the only thing that bites us might happen to be the weather, and we don't even want that to happen. So we're going to try to uh, simply get an entire season in. So that said... I wanted to uh, get some of your thoughts as well about this subject. I thought during the off season we'd do a couple of feature stories on uh, particular racers and maybe some figures around the racetrack. 
And I got looking at our rosters, uh, thanks to Cease Group, our PR guy, our website is, our, on our website, we're completely full of the complete points all through the season and results. And so I started looking at the points and I thought, got thinking, uh, women have been a part of racing for a long time. Uh, and most of that, uh, activity by women has been in a support, uh, a, a support job. You know, that is the wife, the girlfriend, the cook, uh, you know, sisters and so forth. And, but there are those that are very active in, in the sport itself. And, and I'm, I'm going to ask you a, a difficult, not a difficult, I'm going to ask you a question that has, it's a more of a generational question. We're going to talk a little history in a moment, but I want to jump into Pittsburgh specifically. Now, I know around the region, Don, you're aware, uh, Sheila Rankin raced the sprint cars at Lernerville and, and maybe Mercer and Sharon for a good, good many years. Uh, recently, Sadie Siegel at Lernerville raced quite a bit there until recently here. Uh, you know, so there were smatterings of women. We go back uh, even as far as uh, Dina Barbara Moore uh, racing a sprint car, uh, micro sprints and then sprint cars. So there have been women down through the years, and, and you think of any more, you jump right in. Uh, those are a few that popped in my mind. But as far as consistently having women at a track, I really think PPMS has something to celebrate. And as we go down the list of our separate divisions, we start with our uh, Rush Late Model division. Uh, a rookie last year was Cassidy Kamaker. I had the pleasure of meeting Cassidy. She's from Aliquippa, Pennsylvania. Uh, she was coming out of the cart at racing. She, in fact, she picked up a lot of hardware at the Circle Track Banquet last year and announced that she would be moving into a full-size uh, Rush Late Model, and she did just that. So that's the Rush Late Model uh, female that we have in the field. In the Admar Pro Stocks, uh, brand new, uh, only started a few races this year. Cars being rebuilt. Another Charlier will be behind the wheel, and that, of course, is Tanya Charlier. She sold her uh, four-cylinder, or she's in the process of selling her four-cylinder car and moving up to the Admar Pro Stocks. Uh, Charlier, of course, Tanya Charlier, of course, the wife of uh, champion Daryl Charlier, the daughter-in-law of Dale. Uh, I know Dale's a big part of what Tanya does with her pro stock. So, neat family deal. And I think, you, I question for you, uh, Don, about the Charlier family. Is there another generation before Dale that raced? Yes. Uh, his, Dale's dad, his name was Tub Charlier. Now, how he got the nickname Tub, I don't know, because he's skinny as a rail. But I raced with him in 1960 at the Greater Pittsburgh Speedway. That was my first recognition of Charlier, and he was very successful. But then when Dale started racing, uh, Tubb just kind of became crew chief, uh, crew member, whatever. And then the same thing with Dale. Once uh, Daryl started racing, each one of the previous generations stepped back and focused on the the driver... uh, of the team's choice, but you know, uh, Dale occasionally will jump into a car and not only uh, a good racer, but an excellent chassis builder. Uh, there was a time where he had built a car uh, for uh, Mark Flick to drive at uh, Motordrome, and they probably won everything but the 50 50 raffle up there. He won all the time, and uh, it was, I think it was called a Panther chassis. And I said, how did you get so good on the asphalt? He said, we just got lucky. Yep, I remember, I remember Flick winning quite a bit up there. Well, the, the, the 
the formula, the pattern has been broken a little bit by Tanya Charlier, uh, you know, kind of the, the Daryl's generation in that family, of course, but now a fourth generation, to step away from my my uh, my woman talk here for just a moment, fourth generation, I believe Tanya and Daryl's son is named Jaden, if I'm not mistaken, now he is very involved in kart racing, so a fourth generation Charlier, but again, my focus is on the women racers around, uh, you know, surrounding PPMS and Tanya there in the Admar Pro stocks. Now, down in the Keystone Coachworks, Carly Kovacs, she started in the Young Guns. I was there. Her very first race, Tom Lang was hosting a uh, a taping of the 321 Blink production uh, three, Open Throttle 360, and he did an interview with Carly. I was there the first night she was in a force owner of the Young Gun division. Now, she's uh, she's one of the girls that everybody cheers for. She's one of the uh, the young ladies that the, the little girls in the stands, and maybe not so little girls, uh, will cheer for a lot. Carly's great with the kids. Uh, also, she's from Carnegie, of course. Out of Elizabeth, Pennsylvania, Kayla McManus. Everybody knows Dave McManus, is uh, who I call Mc, McIline. Um, his daughter, Kayla, in the double OK car, and uh, another in the hobby stocks. And near the end of the season, Chloe Jones, I'm not sure where she's from. We didn't, Steve doesn't have uh, a hometown for her, but... Chloe Jones shows up with an, a five, the five car. Like we had three fives. We had an 05, a five, and another five. We named her, uh, I think we gave her the 5J for the scores. But Chloe Jones, yet another young lady, got to talk to her for a moment here at the end of the season. So that's three women in our Keystone Coachworks hobby stocks. In our Crawford Auto Repair four cylinders out of Collier's, West Virginia, everybody knows the Lightning McQueen car of April Tennant. April, of course, the. Um, the wife and the husband-wife duo of Bill and April Tennant out of Collier's, West Virginia, near but not too far away from the Speedway. And just across the border in Steubenville, Ohio, is Susie Rudolph, another graduate of the Young Guns, moved up to the four cylinders last year. In fact, she was our Young Gun champ, and then she moved into the Crawford Auto Repair four cylinders. So two women in that group. And in the, uh, well, I'm going to jump down real quick to the Rush Sportsman Modifieds, uh, not always with us, of course. Their home track is pretty much Sharon Speedway, but we try to have them probably a half a dozen or eight times a year. And uh, a pair of sisters out of Elwood City, Chelsea Krekic and Jessica Krekic. Chelsea uh, finishing usually pretty high in the points in that division. Uh, Jessica, her work uh, needs, she needs to be at work more often than she can unfortunately race. So she doesn't race quite as often, but a pair of sisters there in the Rush Sportsman Modifies. And another of our regular weekly divisions, the Always Safe Young Guns. We had a young lady. She is the young sister of Frank and Tony McGill, who both race in the hobby stocks, and that's Amanda McGill. Now, she jumped in the 05 car that was driven by one or both of her brothers, and she turned a few laps this year. But what really prompted all this is a, a name that's been prominent at the Speedway for a number of years, and that is Laboon. And Ben Laboon, who is the owner of the 114 car driven uh, by Daryl Charlier and Dave McManus, is now building a young gun car for his middle daughter. I want to say her name is Emmy. I'm not sure if it's Emily. I think she goes by Emmy. Uh, ben will let me know if I have it wrong. Uh, but Emmy Laboon will be yet another young lady, and she will just be, I believe, will just have turned 13 or has already turned 13, which is the minimum age for our young gun division. So yet another female, another woman in the 
uh, in the ranks at Pittsburgh. So if I'm kind of counting here, I think I just went through 11 women that are regulars at the track when their division shows up like the sports and modifies. Every other uh, week or the other five divisions, which are our regular five, there is a woman in each of our divisions. And, Don, this is where I want to pick up your opinion on something that sort of, again, generational. You know, I'm going to call you about a generation older than me, but you have a vivid memory of women not even being allowed in the pit area of a racetrack. Am I correct? Yes, and before we go into that, I want to remind people, if they're just joining us, we're talking to Jim Zufall, the voice of Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. Uh, We'll go back to the early 70s when I first got Carol Gamble involved in racing. And I was racing three, four nights a week, and she had to sit in the stands. She was not allowed in the pits. The transformation to what we have today was really good for the sport because, uh, you know, most all, all these young ladies that you uh, mentioned, they bring us a little something extra to the program. Uh, and not only for the young girls that can cheer for them, but the, for the fact that uh, it's good competition. I know when... When I was running against Barb Smith in the semi-lakes and Melissa Gardena in the uh, six-cylinder modifieds, before every time I would go out, my pit crew would say, make sure that girl doesn't finish in front of you. (laughs) And you talk about pressure, but Barb and Melissa, both good drivers, and there were times when they did finish in front of me. But I am so happy that we have evolved to a point now where the women can participate on an equal basis. And, you know, stepping away from the driver, you know, not just behind the steering wheel. You mentioned Carol Gamble, of course, uh, very prominent on the media side, was the PR director at Lernerville for a long time. But you think of people like uh, Vicki Emick, who has been involved in racing probably since the day she was born, and now what she has built with this this rush empire she has. And maybe the one, the one lady who has... Uh, really made the biggest impact on racing, and I think, at least in the region, and that would be Gene Lynch. Yes, Gene recognized throughout the entire United States. And when I when we put her into the Hall of Fame, my comment was probably the most knowledgeable woman in short track racing in America, and I stand by that. Yeah, I don't, uh, I understand that's exactly right. I mean, I don't know Gene. I've met her once or twice and spoken to her enough to say hello but I, I know her reach is far, her impact is strong in the sport, and, and now we look at the you know generations younger than Gene and, and, and Vicky and me and all the rest of us, everyone I named, these are all uh, young ladies who are, who are making their mark. And you talk about, uh, hey, don't, uh, don't let those ladies beat you when you're out there. Carly Kovacs, Kayla McManus, April Tennant, Susie Rudolph, Chelsea and Jessica Krekic on my list that we just talked about have all been winners at Pittsburgh at one time or another. And, uh, in fact, Jessica Krekic was, she got to share a victory lane with Tony Stewart. Uh, they were there as a support division to the All-Stars a few years back. So, you know, you talk about getting beat by a girl. Well, you know what? A lot of guys in a lot of our divisions have been, quote, beaten by a girl because, uh, these women are, are making their presence known at PPMS, and we just want to keep that going. Once again, I, I think it's something to be celebrated. So, hey, one more thing before we go, Don. Uh, speaking of women, one of our newest, or actually our newest track, official track photographer is Ashley Moyer. Uh, of course, she's the wife of uh, 
uh, help me, Ryan Moyer in the 13 car in the Pro Stocks. Ashley is uh, really come into her own. She just picked up, I think she was interviewed here on Rap on Racing by Tyler Harris last year, really just picked up photography as a hobby here not too long ago and trying to make a run with it with it as a business. Ashley Moyer Photography has released a uh, 2021 calendar featuring a number of PPMS uh, drivers in their cars. Uh, I haven't seen the entire calendar yet. I've seen a few pictures out of it. I know it's available. I know if you go to Facebook and look up Ashley Moyer Photography, you'll be able to uh, get hooked up to a link to her website where you can order that calendar. I believe it's $25. There's a few bucks shipping to go with it. But if you're involved with PPMS at all, you may want to get a hold of Ashley Moyer Photography on Facebook and find your way to that calendar that commemorates uh, the drivers at PPMS, I know Carly is one of them. Carly Kovacs is one of them that's on there. And Ashley did a very smart thing. She did not decide on her own who would be in this calendar. She put it to a vote on Facebook, so nobody can blame her for <laughs> for playing favorites. Uh, so that's about it from PPMS. Uh, again, we have our bookends. Uh, we have April first, or sorry, May first as our opening night, and October first and second is the thirty third annual Pittsburgher 100. And now, unfortunately, Don, you have to say you missed two of the 33 Pittsburghers. You always used to say you only ever missed one, but this past year was tough on, on all of us, and I know you had to uh, you had to miss this year, too. Hopefully, I can get back into the rotation next year. I want to mention a little bit more about Ashley. Uh, I had been enjoying her photographs from the time that she uh, Steve stepped away and she jumped in. And I had a chance to meet her this uh, past summer, a lovely uh, young woman and uh, very supportive of her husband. Boy, but, boy, her photos are just out of this world. Oh, yeah, they are. And, and you know, I've told her outright, I've, I've commented on Facebook and I've told her to her face, as much as I enjoy seeing race cars on the track, uh, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. That gets to be sort of the same thing over and over again. I know why photographers do it. They want to sell photos. Guys want to have a nice picture of themselves on the track. But when she goes every night and takes the candid shots throughout the pits, and I forget what she calls them, pit shots or something like that, um, you know, I'm looking at one right now. I had it up on screen when you uh, when we started this interview, and 96 photos from the the final week of the year and just the candid shots of people walking around the pits working on cars close-up shots uh, from far away with a zoom lens of drivers and all you can see is the intensity in their eyes uh, Ashley has absolutely come into her own and really has captured uh, what things are all about on Saturday nights at Pittsburgh and I another woman we want to give credit for to, to really making an impact at Pittsburgh every week. I want to thank you for a great report. Wish you and your family a wonderful Christmas, and we'll talk to you uh, next month. You have a great holiday, sir. Thank you. To avoid pressure, you need to be nimble and sense what's going on all around you. Or you can try clearly better car buying. We never apply pressure. It's never fun to have pressure coming at you as a quarterback. D linemen, linebackers, whoever it might be, safety's blitzing. It's not fun to get hit by them. <laughs> you know, you want to be under the least amount of pressure buying a car, just like playing quarterback. That's why I go to number one Cochrane. When there's no pressure, you can make the right decision. Try clearly better car buying at number one Cochrane. And now, more Rapid on Racing with Don Gamble and Tyler Harris.
Fans, I'm standing next to Jared Miley, driver of the Joe Carrada number 10, Calusi Chevrolet, Blue Mountain Energy, uh, number 10 here in the pits of Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, uh, just before the Pittsburgh 100 weekend. Jared, it's been a, it's been a crazy year. Nonetheless, you've, you found a lot of success. You've, you've been in the right place at the right time at a lot of tracks, and you found a lot of success in that Ultimate Northeast Series, which we've been running now for the past three seasons. Two-time champion. Now this is your third year with them, and turns out you're tied for the points lead right now, and it's going to come down to a tiebreaker, possibly. Um, but nonetheless, um, let's talk a little bit about this year. I mean, it's been exciting for you. Um, you know, anybody who's followed you and your career this year, it's it's been exciting, and um, you've you've shown a lot of speed and you've shown a lot of success as well. Yeah, it's definitely been a you know fairly good year for the circumstances that we've all been under. But uh, you know, we've had you know I think four or five wins, and uh, you know we've been qualifying good and winning heat races and always being in the redraw and stuff and. That's what you need to do to be able to, you know, get, you know, top five and top three finishes. So, um, you know, all in all, it's been, you know, pretty good so far. And you talk about Pittsburgh, and you know you're obviously the last name of Miley. You're not unfamiliar with this place. You've, it's a family track, and it must mean a lot to come back to here and, and each year for the Pittsburgher and, and get to run this thing. Oh yeah, it definitely does. Uh, I mean, we wish we could get the race here a little bit more. Uh, you know, I miss being able to come here. You know, two, three, four times a year and race. Um, now you know, now we just got this race, but uh, you know, it's a fun place to race on. We got a lot of laps here, and uh, you know, looking to have a good run tonight. We talked about your time here a little bit, you know, how you started out in the limited late and uh, got to run about a, about a season in that, and then you got to run the Pittsburgher actually that same first year. And ever since then, you've been in a super late, um, and you've shown a lot of success here as well. Yeah, um, like we've, you know, got a couple championships here, and uh, we ran here all the time, and, uh, you know, a bunch of wins and stuff. But, uh, you know, there was always a lot of good cars here to race against, and, you know, even when the car counts got low, there were still five or six guys that were, you know, capable of winning. So uh, always a lot of competition here, and the, the racing was always good. So uh, we just enjoyed being able to come back. Yeah, I mean, names like Steve Baker, Keith Barbara, um, I mean, the list goes on, uh, Link Geisler, Davey Johnson. I mean, honestly, that list is is magnificent, especially for past Pittsburgher winners and stuff like that. You haven't had the opportunity to win one, but that's why you're here this weekend. And uh, it's definitely not out of the realm of possibility, especially after seeing the speed that we've seen out of you this year, not only in the Ultimate Northeast Series, but um, even with the uh, the Outlaws and the Lucas guys when they come to town, showing a lot of speed up in Erie's. Um, just last weekend up at Thunder Mountain running second with the Outlaws as well. Um, you know, you've got to be happy with where this car is this season and where you are this season as well for not only just a driver, but doing it on a part-time basis as well, not full-time like some of these Lucas and World of Outlaw guys do. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, it, it definitely makes a big difference being able to do it full-time. And, uh, I mean, we still have to put a lot of time into this. You know, it's it's basically a, a second full-time job, you know, trying to race as much as we do and stuff. But, uh, you know, we're, uh, we're just thankful for what we have and um you know just really looking forward to getting to race against these lucas guys again we talked about your success too not only here at pittsburgh but i mean if you expand regionally you've had a track championship at lernerville um and and as i talk about success with these with these bigger divisions with the lucas and the outlaws well i mean things come to mind like in the pittsburgher 100 where you led the first 49 laps and um again you you were right there at thunder mountain um a couple top podium finishes with these with these big divisions yeah, um, it's it always makes you feel good. I mean, that's almost like a win for you know a guy like me to 
you know get a top five or top three finish with the the national tour series i mean these guys are really tough um you know you can't make any mistakes you know racing with them guys you get passed in in a heartbeat so um but you know we're just looking forward to this you know tonight and hopefully we can get another good run with them only a few weeks left here in the 2020 season but when we look forward to 2021 pretty much looking like the same schedule for you you're really happy with where you are running regionally for the big money races and as well with the ultimate northeast series yeah just i mean we're with where we're at and stuff right now running regionally it just makes sense you know me and my brother and everybody my dad we all work full-time jobs and stuff so uh you know we like to be gone racing all weekend but uh you know it just works out good for us running regionally and uh, you know you're probably going to see a lot of this you know same type of schedule for us you know next year obviously too you might have a ton of people here that you'd like to thank not only joe carada but your sponsors as well let's talk about the people who make this operation um possible in and out every week and every time that you go out on the racetrack oh yeah definitely could not do this without joe carado uh blue mountain energy uh, i got also got to thank uh, charlie bauer and lexi bauer from uh, jay's auto wrecking uh Calusi chevrolet rockers machine shop uh junior's core uh, Keystone Alliance Insurance, uh, Hoosier Tire Mid-Atlantic, uh, Rocket Chassis, um, Sunoco Race Fuels, um, Brian Doherty with Integra Shocks, uh, you know, Franklin Rear Ends, um, just my, my dad, my brother, um, all the guys that, you know, help out, you know, Joe, Joe works on these cars all the time at the shop, um, just makes, it takes all of us to, uh, you know, make it happen, and I'm uh, just thankful for everybody that we have. Now, Jared, you've been around for a while, and I'm sure you have many highlight moments that you, you know, hold near and dear to you. Let's let's talk about some of that. Um, that's hard to say. I, probably my the first thing I remember is the first time I won a late model feature. And I was at Lernerville. Uh, it, was, it was opening night in 2006, I think it was. That was my first, you know, super late win, and uh, you know that was something you always remember. And uh, really, my my first win, I I won the second time I ever drove a limited late here here at pittsburgh that was in 2004 uh you know it was, i came and ran the first night just started in the back and just kind of rode around back there but i was able to keep up and stuff and then the next week they're like you're plenty fast enough you can just you might as well just take your spot and you know we start on the pole for the feature and you know never look back i guess uh that kind of really got me hooked on racing i wasn't really sure if i wanted to drive or not i always just like working on the cars and you know, my uncle Ben and my dad kind of talked me into, you know, driving, and uh, I was kind of unsure until then. But uh, I think that's what got me hooked on it. I think. And then uh, probably another one is uh, the first like touring race I won was at uh, Central PA Speedway in, in Clearfield. It was I think it was an O'Reilly All Star race. It was like seven thousand to win. I think but that was the first like regional race that we won. And uh, you know, I always remember that as you know, I thought we were uh, you know kind of like made us feel like we arrived you know to to race with you know a lot of the other tough regional competition. And for you fans at home, if you want to follow along with Jared uh, in his career, he has a Facebook page. He has social media set up. Jared, where can follow fans look up uh, on Facebook or on social media to follow you at? Uh, it's on uh, Jared Miley Racing uh, Facebook page. You know, we try to keep it updated as we can with, uh, you know, where we're racing and stuff. Uh, we also, we have new uh, apparel coming out, you know, hoodies and um, T-shirts and long sleeve shirts and stuff like that's going to be coming out here real soon. Um here at the end of the year so uh you can just follow jared miley racing on facebook and that's where you'll find us 
Like I said, that Miley name, a thick history here in the Pittsburgh region, of course, at this track as well, Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. Uh, be on the lookout for that number 10 Joe Carotta car to be out and about in the regional area, not only the rest of this season, but as well as next year. Jared, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. Good luck tonight and best of luck in uh, all your future endeavors. Thank you. I appreciate it. Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, and long-term care alternatives. As a registered IRS tax preparer, he can assist retirees with the completion of property tax rebate forms and other government tax reduction programs at no charge. Mr. Sabo does not charge a fee to meet with potential clients for a fact find. His office is located at 5061 Route 8, Gibsonia, PA. If you are in need of any of the services that he provides, give him a call at 724-443-5720. That's 724-443-5720. Or email him at rick.sabo at jwcemail.com. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, member of FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated, neither J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated or J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, nor its representatives provide legal, tax preparation, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W.C.A. J.W.C. RPS Financial Solutions and J.W.C. J.W.C.A. are unaffiliated entities. To avoid pressure, you need to be nimble and sense what's going on all around you. Or you can try clearly better car buying. We never apply pressure. It's never fun to have pressure coming at you as a quarterback. D-linemen, linebackers, whoever it might be, safety's blitzing. It's not fun to get hit by them. <laughs> you know, you want to be under the least amount of pressure buying a car, just like playing quarterback. That's why I go to number one Cochrane. When there's no pressure, you can make the right decision. Try clearly better car buying at number one Cochrane. with Don Gamble and Tom Lang. Hey, we're going to take a minute and talk to Tom Lang. Tom, good evening. How are you? Good evening, Don. It's a pleasure to join you as always. I love talking drag racing. Hey, why don't you start things off with some NHRA news and a recap of how and a recap of how the NHRA championship chases played out in 2020. Uh, yeah, let's uh, give you a recap of the NHRA season. Uh, the biggest news came at the end of the year. 
Camping World has come on board as the new title sponsor for NHRA after uh, Coca-Cola brands pulled out. And uh, matter of fact, they've jumped right into the middle of the deal. The uh, champions for this year were crowned the Camping World NHRA champions. So uh, NHRA has that issue ironed out. Uh, next year's schedule looks pretty much the same as the original schedule for 2020, but you know how schedules change this year, so we'll see what the future holds as far as sticking to that schedule. Uh, as far as the championships in NHRA, Steve Torrance won the Pop Fuel Championship for the third consecutive season. That makes him the third driver in NHRA history to win the Top Fuel title in three straight years. Uh, Tony Schumacher, uh, actually, he did it in four straight years, from 2006 through 2009. And uh, Joe Amato was the first driver to win three straight. He did it from 1990 to 1992. Uh, Torrance now has 40 career wins in Top Fuel. Uh, He wasn't able to win the final race of the year. Like he did last year, he swept all six races in the countdown to the championship. Uh, this year, that opportunity didn't present itself as there was no countdown because of the situation with how things played out this year. So uh, Torrance, he made the best of a, a busted-up year, scored his third championship. Uh, Matt Hagen took the title in Nitro Funny Car. It was his third title. He also won it in 2011 in 2014, the Don Schumacher Funny Cars swept every race this season. Matter of fact, they've won 14 straight races dating back to October of 2019. Uh, Schumacher definitely has a stranglehold on the uh, Funny Car class. Uh, Hagen's third title ranks him uh, fourth for most uh, Funny Car championships. Raymond Beetle has three championships, as does Robert Height. Uh, Erica Enders won the Pro Stock Championship for the fourth time, scoring four wins in 2020, the most of any driver in the class this year. Uh, She came into the season as the defending series champion. She also won back-to-back titles in 2014 and 2015. That fourth title puts Erica into a class of her own among female drivers in NHRA history. She came into the season tied with Shirley Muldowney and Angel Sampe, who had three titles each. And you have to give it to Erica. Pro stock is not like top fuel or funny car, where the tuner makes the car go fast and the driver's pretty much along for the ride. In pro stock, the driver has to shift the car themselves with a shift lever, not a button, and any mistake the driver makes, no matter how minuscule, will slow the car down. Well, the numbers that Erica Enders' car runs tells you that she can absolutely wheel that car. She's also a great representative for the sport. She's one of the most approachable drivers in NHRA, always has time for an interview or an autograph. Uh, She's definitely a fan favorite. Uh, Matt Smith won the Pro Stock Motorcycle Championship for the fourth time in 2020. And to top it all off, his wife Angie won the season-ending race in Las Vegas. Matt also won titles in 2007, 2013, and 2018. And in the Pro Mod class, Stevie Fast Jackson won the Pro Mod title for the second year in a row. 
His only competition in 2019 came from Todd Tuttero. Uh, this year, it was a fight to the finish at six different drivers won races this year. Jackson faced off with Brandon Snyder in the quarterfinals at the last race of the year in Las Vegas. The winner of that matchup would be crowned the champion. Jackson won it by two feet, running 577 at over 248 mile per hour to Snyder's 578 at 246. And that's uh, pretty much a wrap on uh, how the NHRA season finished this year. Has the PDRA released their schedule for 2021? Uh, Yes, as a matter of fact, they have released the schedule for next year. And like NHRA's schedule, it looks similar to the original 2020 slate. Unfortunately, circumstances dictated that the 2020 schedule changed considerably and repeatedly over the course of the year. If things run on schedule in 2021, the PDRA will make their first ever stops at Norwalk, Maple Grove, and Bowling Green, Kentucky. Uh, Norwalk and Maple Grove were both on the schedule for this season, but because of uh, the constant rescheduling, both those races got canceled. The P2 Contracting Pro Boost team is awaiting a decision on the rules package for 2021, as the team has already replaced their roots blower with a screw blower. Kurt Stedding and Crew Chief Todd Tuttero will have both of their cars at Bradenton for the Snowbird Nationals in early December, testing their new engine combinations. So we're looking forward to uh, what the PDRA uh, season's going to look like next year. Anything dramatically new on a local drag racing scene for next year? Uh, not to any great extent. Uh, I know Greg Miller at Keystone has some things cooking, as he has done since he took over at Keystone. There are constant improvements at the facility. They built a new race control announcing deck at the top of the grandstands and a few other updates to the facility. Uh, Greg did let me know about a few big races he has planned for next year, but those plans haven't been finalized, so we can't release any details yet. Uh, The other tracks in our area, uh, Quaker City, Thompson, and Dragway 42, are all planning schedules similar to what they've done the past couple years, and each of them has some special events in the works. So, uh, all told, I'm looking forward to the 2021 season uh, after we went after what we went through this season uh i'm hoping it's going to be a lot better next year well i think it will the trump vaccine's coming out here uh probably next week uh that's a, a bright light at the end of the tunnel and hopefully uh we can wipe out this china virus and get back to life as it should be uh have we covered everything Uh, Yes, we've covered everything that I have for today. Well, I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas and a happy holiday season, and we'll talk to you next month. Good deal, Don. I'm looking forward to it. Happy holidays to yourself and your family. Thank you. This portion of today's program is brought to you by Alternative Power Sources. The Jennerstown Speedway Complex is located in the scenic Laurel Mountains of Somerset County, Pennsylvania, in the town of Jennerstown at the intersections of Route 30 and Route 985. Experience the thrill of Jennerstown Speedway with its 550 feet of 6-degree straightaways and over 700 feet of 9-degree sweeping corners. Jennerstown Speedway serves as the host for five divisions of weekly racing series every Saturday evening from May to September 
Weekly divisions include late models, modifieds, street stocks, charger, and the Fast and Furious 4s. Special events include IMSA Super Modifieds, Super Cup Stock Car Series, the Race of Champions Modifieds, Spectator Gates open at 4 p.m. with racing starting at 6 p.m., allowing for even the youngest fans the opportunity to experience the entire action-packed show. The ownership and staff of the Jennerstown Speedway Complex take great pride in providing fun and affordable family entertainment. At the completion of each weekly event, everyone in attendance is invited into the pit area to meet their favorite drivers and see the cars up close and in person. For upcoming events and special promotions, you can visit Jennerstown.org or follow them on Facebook. Toma's Meat Market is a full-service, old-fashioned butcher shop and meat market. Their stores nestled in the farmlands of western Pennsylvania, where they've been for over 50 years. They hand-select cattle and hogs purchased from local farmers. At Toma's, they can help you prepare for anything from your own family's dinner to a special graduation party, a company picnic, an anniversary celebration, a wedding reception, or a whole host of other things. They can prepare entrees and have them ready for pickup or delivery in foil chafer pans. Just heat them and eat them. Please call or stop by to find out about putting a package of these ideas together for your special event. The taste and the service are out of this world. Toma's Meat Market, located at 748 Dinnerbell Road in Saxonburg, PA. For additional information, please give them a call at 724 724- 352-2020. That's 724-352-2020. And now back to Don Gamble and more Rapping on Racing. All right, fans, we're going to take a minute and talk to the big block modified champion at Lernerville Speedway, Garrett Crummer. Garrett, the first thing I want to talk to you about, uh, I'd say you're a pretty lucky guy. Okay. Your wife, Joe Marie, likes racing. She's part of your team, and she's very attractive. I mean, that's a trifecta for a guy in racing. Those are few and far between, too. Yes, because... That's hard to find. I know a lot of fellas that uh, their careers were cut short because uh, the wife wasn't on board. And, you know, that's... uh, Like I said, you're very lucky. Now, you're currently involved at Colonial Metal Products. Is that the company that's been on Blaney's cars for years and years and years? Yeah, yep, same company. So Will um, owns it now. His dad, um, Bill Thomas, was involved with Lou Blaney for a long time. Forever, yeah. You know, winning this championship, I mean, think about the company you're with. Lou Blaney, Blackie Watt, Bob Waring, Brian Schwartzlander. I mean, that is the cream of the crop in modified racing, and now you're part of that group. How do you feel? I'll be honest. When we started the, you know, when we started the year out, I, I'm not a big points person. I just it's not something I like to do. Um, but then as you get closer, and, and you know, you it's it's there. You're a couple weeks away, and you're still leading the points. Then it becomes, well, we got to see this through, and we got to do it, and then. You win, and you know. In all reality, it's cool. You get it. You know, you'll get a plaque, or you, you know, you get the money, or whatever. But in all reality, the the cool thing for me, or the you know, the, probably what means the most to me, is in you know, twenty years when we look back and we talk about what we did and race it, that'll be something you can compare to. You know what I mean? You'll be able to say we're you know we won that championship with, like you said, the Brian Schwartzlanders, the Rex Kings, the you know, just all the people, the who's who of modified racing. 
Very special, that group. Now, you've been, I guess, around age three, you started out with quads. Did the family uh, encourage you to do that, or did this just happen by accident? So my my uh, my start was kind of funny because my grandfather, um, not a, nobody in my family ever raced, um, but my grandfather had a camp up in Pima Tuming, and I don't know, he'll probably dispute this, but he bought a four-wheeler um, off the neighbor for me when I was two, got this idea, and I think he bought it, honestly, just to kind of fire up my mom a little bit. But <laughs> one thing led to another, and there happened to be a local motocross track that we went to, and just kind of took off from there. What I and then I guess at age fifteen you got into a modified. Was that one? Was that your car? Or was that someone else's? No. When I turned um, when I turned fifteen, we my dad bought. Actually, when I was fourteen, my dad bought a small block modified, and uh, we were racing go karts at the time. And we spent that winter getting it ready and kind of just rebuilding it. Excuse me, and then getting you know familiar with everything. And uh, when I turned 15, we went racing on Sundays at Tri-City up in Franklin. That's uh, You were probably one of the youngest guys in that field, would, would you say? Yeah, at the time, um, you know, when we first looked at going big car racing, one of the hang-ups was you still had to be 16 to get in the pit most places. Um, so at that time, I think we probably were one of the youngest. And then, you know, nowadays, heck, I think these kids are... 13, 14 racing full-size cars. Yeah, you're, you're one of the older guys. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like somebody, I forget who I was talking to a couple days ago, and we were talking about the crate racing and all that, and he was just frustrated. And oh, I remember now I know who it was, but he was frustrated. He's two years in, hasn't won a race, he's spending some money, and we were just talking about it. And, and that was one of the things I said, like it's hard to, like when you sit back and think about it, I'm two years away, it'll be 20 years I've been racing modified. Yeah. You know, so now, like you said, now you're one of the senior guys. You know, looking at your resume, wow. Go-karts, quads, motorcycles, mod lights, mini late models, sprint cars, late models, small block modifieds, and now the big blocks. Uh, most of the people have seen you in the small block modifieds, the big blocks, and, and, and the late models. But I wasn't familiar with the sprint car. Let's touch on that a little bit. So the sprint car deal was something. I always wanted to race sprint cars. Um, growing up, you know, we always went to like the Don Martin and then all the big races in the area. And I always was a sprint car fan. Um, and then it just never was a path that we kind of went. And then I think it was 2006. Um, we had an opportunity to get teamed up with Rod George and his daughter, Kelsey, to do a year in sprint car racing. And, um, it was, uh, it was a learning experience for me. You know, I just, I never drove anything like that. I never really got comfortable with the speed or, or in the cars, um, we weren't very good, to be honest with you. It wasn't. Uh, it was a trying year. <laughs> Going back to last year, this past year, you've won in the small small block modifieds, and you've won in the big blocks, or we should say the the crate modifieds. Um, that has to be quite a an adjustment, especially uh, on an occasion where you have both cars on the same night because of the horsepower difference. Let's talk a little bit about that. Let's say you just won a race in uh, the Rush Modifieds, and now you got to jump into your big block. What kind of a mindset do you have? Um, you know, if you look at, depending on where it is, Lernerville or something, it may be a little bit different, but most like a Sharon Knight or Mercer, their lap times aren't all that far off. You know, we may be a half a second different between the crate and the big block. So, you know, overall speed isn't the biggest difference as much as 
But I think, in my my opinion, now my success would tell a different story, but I think that crates are a little bit harder to race just because they don't have very much horsepower, and it's almost like driving a big go-kart. You can't slide them. You can't, you can't scrub any momentum, or else it costs you, you know, two, three positions on the track. Um, where with the big block, you race a lot more with the motor, and you can be a little more patient, I think, um, driving with the big block stuff. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Garrett Crummert, the big block modified champion at Lernerville. We need to take a break. We'll be back in a few minutes and continue with Garrett. To avoid pressure, you need to be nimble and sense what's going on all around you. Or you can try clearly better car buying. We never apply pressure. It's never fun to have pressure coming at you as a quarterback. D linemen, linebackers, whoever it might be, safety's blitzing. It's not fun to get hit by them. <laughs> You know, you want to be under the least amount of pressure buying a car, just like playing quarterback. That's why I go to number one Cochran. When there's no pressure, you can make the right decision. Try clearly better car buying at number one Cochran. All right, fans, we're back. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Garrett Crummert, the big block modified champion at Lernerville Speedway. I want to talk a little bit more about the Rush Modified. Now, I think Schaefer owns your car, and we may have talked about this a long time ago, but how did that deal come together? Yeah, so Jerry owns all the crate stuff. Um, uh, heck, I don't know. Probably 10 or 15 years ago, I met Jerry racing at Mercer. Um, and we just were kind of from the same area. Now we're, heck, we're only probably two miles apart where we live, but we were from the same area, racing the same division, and we just kind of struck up a friendship. And over the years, we've done uh, we've done a couple different things together. We did some big block racing down in Charlotte together, and he's just always kind of helped my program from a, an owner's standpoint, a sponsorship, just, just many different levels, as well as being a friend. And it just kind of blossomed in that, the, the crate stuff was starting to take off a little bit, and you obviously know he's, he's heavily involved in the crate racing. He believes in that, um, you know, the sealed motor program and, and kind of keeping the cost down and just happened to be talking about it. And they changed the rules where I was able to do it, and one thing led to another, and we ended up going crate racing. He's sort of like the Rick Hendrick of Rush Modifieds. He's got cars everywhere, and he's he's always helping someone out. He's just a great guy. You know, uh, now on the maintenance on the car, do you maintain them both? And that, that would be a lot of work. So, yeah, we keep um, the big block and then Jerry's 10 car, the crate car, we keep at my shop, and we handle the day-to-day of keeping them things up and running. Um, kind of what you alluded to at the start of this, I'm fortunate because my wife, um, you know, eat, sleeps, and breathe this just like I do. So it's it's her and I most of the time working on the cars, and then I got um, you know two or three crew guys that come around when they can and kind of help get things going. And then they're always at the races, but uh, it can be some work sometimes. You know, when things are going bad, they're usually they're both broke or both need attention, so it's crazy. And then when one's doing well, the other one's doing well, and it's an easy week. You know, your wife Joe Marie uh, was in racing. Her whole life. I mean, the first time I met her, she was only a couple of months old, and uh, Carl brought her to a uh, circle track meeting in a little basket. And I watched her grow over the years. And uh, how old was she? Well, we don't want to talk about age. How long have you two been together? Oh, we've been married, oh, I don't know, six years now. So and um, been together, well, probably, if we're being honest, probably been together on and off for another probably 10 years 
Yeah. But prior to meeting you, she was involved in racing big time with the Murdoch family. So, well, you, you got a you got a really nice situation there. Um, you know, everything's not racing. Uh, you can't race 12 months out of the year. Do you have any hobbies? Racing. That's it. There is no other hobbies. When you race, you don't have much time for anything else. Let's take I'm a... a, I'm a Go ahead. I'm a terrible golfer, so I can't golf. And then, you know, winter time comes around. I guess we do do a little bit of hunting once in a while, but uh, racing's pretty much full time. How about pets? Do you have any dogs? We have two dogs. They uh, that's uh, basically our children. We have a little dog and a and a big dog, and we pretty much they they run the show, and we just revolve around them. <laughs> Are they named after race car parts? No, we don't have any race car parts. Nothing, okay. Actually, neither name has anything to do with racing. I think Danny Holtgraver's dog was Hoosier, but I'm not sure. Um, a special moment in racing. You probably have a lot of them, but is there one that really stands out? Honestly, I can't say one particular. To be to be completely honest, I could. If I had to pick one moment, I just I, I don't think I could do that. I think the biggest thing racing has afforded me, or, or you know, that I would say is special to me about racing is the family and friendships we've made because of it. The greatest people in the world are the ones that walk through the pit gate at a local speedway. Now, people with your program and the two cars, I guess people figure you're loaded. You got all kind of money. <laughs> so I'm, I'm fortunate with the crate stuff because, like I said, Jerry does take care of, um, you know, Jerry pays for all that stuff and, and, hand, and gives us great equipment. We have very good equipment, um, and I'm blessed to have Jerry take care of that stuff. On the big block side of it, it's my wife and I. You know, my mom and dad helped me. They've helped me for years, obviously. Um, and I have a couple select few um, sponsors that have been with me for years. Um, M&D Landscaping, Mark Doherty's done more for me in probably the last 10 years than most people. Um, just through good or bad, you know, we're struggling and we need to make a change. Mark is always the first guy that, you know, not even necessarily the financial aspect, but he'll be here, you know, hey, what can I do? What can we work on? What You know, just I've been fortunate that he's been with me for so long and he uh, he enjoys this crazy sport as much as we do. And then, um, you know, I've had good good support from the factory stuff. You know, when you look at, you know, shock manufacturers and Bicknell Chassis and just those people there have, have always helped and, and, you know, got us going in the right direction. Um some of my other small sponsors, MD Landscaping. Um, the Mark from MD obviously is a big one, but then, you know, Dubois Battery's been with me for the last six or seven years. Um, I would say those are probably two of my biggest ones. Um, you know, we have some smaller ones. A Star Communications has been with me now for a couple of years. Um, Colonial Metal Products has been good for my program. And then, you know, like I said, it's just a lot of hard work and uh, I've been surrounded with good friends. My crew chief, Ryan, has been with me now. Oh, I don't know, 12 or 15 years we've been together. So, you know, we work well together, kind of understand what we're doing. And, you know, it helps having Carl, like you touched on a little bit, having Carl around, the guy fixes everything. So anytime we're stuck in a bind, a Friday, Saturday show, and we got to get something done, Carl's usually the guy that uh, can fix that up for us. He's an amazing man. All the years he raced, an amazing guy. Uh, fans, if you're just joining us, we're talking to Garrett Crummer, the big block modified champ from Lernerville this year. You have a lot of championships and a lot of victories, but I want to ask you, 2007 at Mercer, was that your first championship? Yeah, that was our 2007 was our first full-size car championship. Um, that was a 358 modified day. 
you know, this doesn't happen by accident. You mentioned your crew chief, but uh, other pit crew members that we need to recognize? Um, yeah, my crew guys, obviously my mom and dad, uh, you know, besides besides my mom and dad and my wife, that would be my biggest three because as everybody knows that's probably listening to this and you as well, this is a full-time thing. This isn't, uh, you know, you don't just work in the garage one night and then go racing on Friday and Saturday. So, you know, that's my biggest help. My crew chief, Ryan, like I said, has been with me. I've been 15 years now. I bet we've probably been together. And then I got uh, two other guys, Jordan Ehrenberg and Mike Underwood, that have helped me here the last few years. And, you know, they're always in and out. Um, you know, and all their girlfriends and wives, Ryan's girlfriend, or Ryan's wife, Amy, you know, it, it's a, it takes everybody because it's not just, like I said, it's not a work in the garage one night, and race two, and call it good. So, Yeah, the fans don't realize that, uh, you know, it's many, many nights in the garage, late nights, and then if you have a bad night, a late night that goes into the morning. Uh, in a perfect world, let's say you hit the lottery, uh, do you think you'd like the race full-time for a living? I think everybody wants to race. Every, everybody that does this on a hobby for on the weekends probably would answer this the same way, that, you know, if, it, if money wasn't an issue... We would race full-time, absolutely. And I probably wouldn't change. I, you know, people, we talk about sprint cars and late models and modifieds. At this point in my career, I honestly, I think I even if we hit the lottery, I'd just run big block modifieds and probably small block modifieds. You know, you can branch out a little bit more and travel, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't change a whole lot about what I'm doing. Well, you bring up a good point. It reminds me of your boss, Will Thomas. I mean, money's not a problem there, but I think he does this just because he loves it. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, you know, it's more about doing what he enjoys. Um, you know, and just like you said, it's, it's, you know, he was born into it. It's kind of a way of life. Well, we're coming up uh, on a commercial break. Is there anybody we need to mention or anything that we haven't covered? I think we got all the, all the sponsors and all the important people. I think we covered them. Well, I want to congratulate you on your championship. Look forward to seeing you next year up at Lernerville. And thank you for being with us tonight. I appreciate it. Thanks, Don. This portion of today's program was brought to you by Alternative Power Sources. Business owners, if your ad was here, our listeners could find out about your company. Speedway Productions has several advertising packages to fit your budget. Rappin' on Racing airs live Mondays, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, RappinOnRacing.com, or Hulu Television. You can also listen on your computer, iPhone, or iPad. Don and his co-hosts present the good, the bad, and the ugly of local racing. The two-hour show features local track reports, special guests, driver interviews, and all of the national racing news. Check out the show and let us know if you are interested in becoming a marketing partner. For additional information, call 412-999-6625 or email rappinonracing at gmail.com. Are you in need of financial planning or portfolio review? Rick Sabo of RPS Financial Solutions is an independent financial planner who has testified as an expert witness on insurance and investment fraud. He helps people who are concerned about their portfolio or with other financial matters. His services include investments, pension, and 401k rollovers, estate planning, life insurance, and long-term care alternatives. As a registered IRS tax preparer, he can assist retirees with the completion of property tax rebate forms and other government tax reduction programs at no charge. Mr. Sabo does not charge a fee to meet with potential clients for a fact find. 
His office is located at 5061 Route 8, Gibsonia, PA. If you are in need of any of the services that he provides, give him a call at 724-443-5720. That's 724-443-5720. Or email him at rick.sabo at jwcemail.com. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, member of FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated, neither J.W. Cole Advisors Incorporated or J.W. Cole Financial Incorporated, nor its representatives provide legal, tax preparation, or accounting advice. Persons who provide such advice do so in a capacity other than as a registered representative of J.W.C.A., J.W.C. RPS Financial Solutions and J.W.C., J.W.C.A. are unaffiliated entities. And now back to Don Gamble and more Rapping on Racing. Fans, joining us now is the late model champion from Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, Ben Police. Ben, good evening. How are you? Good, buddy. How are you doing? I'm good, but I'm not as good as you. You know, you're making a habit of winning down there. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, is this your second championship in a row? Yeah. Yeah, we actually uh, picked it up back to back. Um, Should have had more wins, but. You know, that's part of racing. It just seems like we were right there, and every week it was a little, you know, something breaking here, something breaking there, and just little things. But uh, all in all, I'm, I'm very happy to win back-to-back championships. Well, you know, a lot of guys get excited in victory lane, but I think last year you went over and above on the uh, victory lane. Do you want to talk a little bit about uh, Kaylee? Yeah, actually, uh, hell, that's been three years ago now we got engaged in victory lane so uh still together still living together still engaged um you know we were talking about getting married at some point this year and with everything just being crazy i think we might uh we might just go to the courthouse and and get married and have a reception somewhere afterwards you know you're a lucky man because if the wife the girlfriend the mom the sister if they're on board with the team a lot smoother process uh, you know and if they're not eh, not so good uh you started racing go-karts in 2002 uh how did that come about was it a family thing or uh, do you have a someone in a family involved in racing how did that uh, come to be you know ever since i was a kid um that's i remember going to i-79 speedway every friday night it seemed like um, you know, I got home from school and, and hopped in the vehicle with my dad, and we went down and watched. And, you know, he had helped some people over the years, and uh, he had ran uh, semi-lights down there and and traded and went to street stocks at Motordrome. And I was getting to the age where, you know, I was I was tired of sitting in the stands. I, I wanted to get into it myself, so that's whenever we, we swapped over and I started racing go-karts. We, and you came up through the normal transition from the carts to the chargers to the street stocks and now the late models. And I really enjoy your division. It's uh, it's not cheap, but it's more economical than the super late models, uh, the biggest factor being the engines. Uh, what? Uh, who does your engines for you? Uh, Mike Ingram does mine. He's uh, he's done mine now, I think, ever since I've been in the in the crate late models. Uh, builds a real strong engine. I just uh, I wish we could get uh, get GM to put a little bit better parts in them because we're we're really just running the hell out of them. And, and right on the last leg, sometimes you get a little bit too far, and and you got you got a pile of junk. What is the uh, recommended turnaround time on one of those crate motors? 
I mean, I've I've been in the position where we were running for points, and uh, like last year, you know, we blew one up on a Saturday, pulled it out of the car on a Sunday, and on Wednesday I was going up to Ingram's to swap it out for a brand new one that he had just went through. So, you know, if, if you're in a bind, he usually takes care of you. Well, I'll be more specific. I meant how many races, like X number of races, and then you better take it back to the shop. You know, it, there is a, there's guys out there I'm racing with. They've got, you know, three seasons on an engine, and they're right up there with you. And there's other guys that say they can get a year out of them. I, I think it's all about the maintenance and, yeah. and how hard you're really turning the RPMs. And, you know, are you keeping them cool or are you running them hot every weekend? So uh, I think if you take care of them, I mean, you can get you know three seasons, I'd say, out of them before having to rebuild them. That's what Justin Lamb told me a couple of years ago when I interviewed him, that he'd get three seasons and then he'd either freshen it up or get another one. You know, you say that uh, you know best part of racing is uh, being recognized for your hard work and track accomplishments, but I think it's also nice when your friends and coworkers come to the track. And I, I think it's funny. I don't know who gave it the name, but uh, your guys, can, they, your folks come down on a drunk bus. Do you want to explain what that is? Yeah, that was uh, that was two years ago. Actually, they came and um, they brought a coach bus up. I didn't know anything about it. Uh, they wanted to meet me here, at producers where I work, and um, you know, take some pictures with the car before we rolled out. And I rolled in, and you know, they had Arizona sports shirts, did shirts, you know. Didn't know anything about them. Everybody had them on. Coach buses there, and we went up and, and won. And that was actually the only feature win I got that year. The uh, the following year, they came up. You know, we ran a ran a hard race. I think we ended up third, maybe that night, uh, second or third. And then, you know, with everything going on this year, they they weren't able to put it together. But uh, still, had a lot of people from work come up this year. A lot of friends, a lot of family. And uh, one of the boys I work with here, he he came up and came in the pits one time, and uh, he just kind of got hooked, and he's been kind of on the on the team for the weekend per se. So uh, I got you know Sean Phillips is my crew chief. You know he's over at the house all the time helping, but uh, it's nice to have Travis, you know, an extra extra set of hands up the track, extra help where we uh, where we need it, and kind of getting him trained up to where he can take over some of the, the roles that Sean does to maybe ease the, the workload on him some. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Sean put his driving career on hold to help you. Is that correct? Yeah, when he started uh, he started helping me, he, he was still racing. Um, that's kind of how we met. He bought one of my crate engines, and he was running supers up at Jennerstown. First year he helped me, I think he ran you know three four races. Um, the next year, maybe one or two, and then in the following year, he he was done. And actually, uh, he just put that car up for sale. I think he he told me he's hanging up for good. He loves he loves doing the crew chief thing and and being at the track. And the, the dude's heart 100 percent in him. I mean, he's he's been up this year. He got cellulitis in his leg, and um, that Saturday he came over to the house and he was limping real bad. And, Asked him what wrong, and he said, "Man, I don't know. I think maybe I fell last night or something. My knee hurts. The buff tires. Get ready, go to the track." And as the night went on, I could just tell he wasn't wasn't himself. He was he was hurting, and uh, 
we ended up winning that night actually and uh he wasn't even able to celebrate he was he was hurting so bad and uh i said man you better go to the hospital we got him back home and he went to the hospital and, and they told him that if he wouldn't have went in that night they probably would have had to amputate his leg the next day it was that bad what was what was wrong so he uh he had got cellulitis which is you know, a small uh, bacteria infection that you can get from a just a cut or a scrape or even a mosquito bite, and uh, wow. you know, it was it was in his knee. His, his leg was swollen up. His knee was swollen up. He actually, uh, he had to stay in the hospital for a couple of days after that. But man, he was a trooper because when I was out there on the track and he was giving me signals, you would have thought nothing was wrong with him, jumping up and down, and you know the whole nine yards. But uh, yeah, he, he hung in there the whole night. I, I give him props for that. Well, that's great news, and I'm glad he got it fixed. Fans, if you're just joining us, we're talking to Ben Police, the late model champion from Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with more after this. Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway would like to thank all of our marketing partners who've helped make the 2020 season a huge success. Deal Automotive, Admar Construction Equipment, Keystone Coachworks, Crawford Auto Repair, Always Safe Traffic Control, Calusi Chevrolet, RockAuto.com, Mastro Ice, RacingJunk.com, Miley Truck Rental, Falcone's Moon Township Automotive, K&N Filters, Yingling, Octane Graphics, Precise Racing Products, Allegheny West Magazine, Zarin Truck and Automotive, Basel Race Fuels, Coca-Cola, and Summit Racing Equipment. PPMS would also like to congratulate our 2020 division champions. In the late models, Ben Police. In the pro stocks, Dave McManus. In the hobby stocks, Stephen Sheltman. In the four cylinders, Philip Bubeck. And in the young guns, Noah Bubeck. Be sure to check out ppms.com during the entire offseason and get all the information you need about the 2021 season at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. All right, fans, we're back. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Ben Police, the late model champion from Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. You know, when I think about the drivers, and I interview a lot of them, you're busy during racing season. It's like a full-time job. But a lot of the guys, when the season's over, they like to go hunting. Are you a hunter? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And this year, it's just kind of been one of them good years. You know, we had uh, the championship, and right at the end of the year, we had uh, the twin rush races, 3,000 to win each night. And the week before that, we, uh, we punched a hole in a radiator, and uh car didn't even really get hot, just got a little hot, pulled in, changed the radiator, and then went out the, the following weekend, did the leak down test. We thought everything was good, set quick time, went out in the heat race, was winning, and uh, popped the head gasket. And that, to end the year like that, it was it was absolutely horrible. So we we ended on that. We was really hoping to, to get into the money two nights in a row, but uh, I was able to rebound pretty good the following weekend. Actually, the following week, um, I went up, uh, it was the Thursday after the Pittsburgher, went out after work hunting and uh, shot a beautiful nine point. And uh, a couple weeks ago, my fiance, she shot an eight point. And then this past Saturday, I actually, uh, I shot my first bear ever in Pennsylvania with a, uh, with a bow. So wow. hunting season's been going good. So to, to rebound on the, on the racing season, it ended pretty rough. You know, it's a good hunting season. 
That's pretty impressive. Kaylee actually got a deer. Yeah, that's just uh, her second buck. Four years ago, she shot a nine. This year, she shot an eight. So she's a little spoiled. I, I take care of her pretty good on the hunting side. But yeah. Well, whenever say, it comes to the when I'd it comes say. to the summer and and she kind of takes care of everything and lets me just work and work in the garage. I gotta I gotta take care of her on the backside. You're a wise man. You know, during the season, there are times where I'm at the track three, four nights a week during the season, but in the off season. My wife collects teapots. So can you imagine me going to a teapot convention? But that's her racing. Mine's cars. Hers is teapots. So you're a wise man. You're doing this the way it should be. I want to talk about maybe your most memorable moment in racing, your first feature win in a big car. Yeah, that's one I'll, uh, I'll never forget. You know, I did pretty good in go-karts and then moved up and did the, you know, the Chargers, the Street Stocks. And uh, I think I, I won a heat race once in the street stocks and moved to the late models and same thing, kind of out in left field. And uh, we got uh, got a new car in 2014 and went out there the first night. Mariah Montgomery had a, uh, he had a win streak going back then that every time he showed up at Pittsburgh, he won. I think he was on win number five or six or something. And, you know, we went out there and won my first career victory and, and actually beat him and, you know, that's one that I'll I'll never forget. You know, one that I had not a chance that I was even going to win at all, especially if he was there and and to actually pull off the first feature win that was that was pretty cool and and one I definitely won't ever forget. That's impressive because he was is a big winner. Uh, do you have a favorite driver? You know, I I like Black Sunshine Scott Bloomquist. He's he's always been my favorite since I was a little kid. That's that's a good one. You tell me your fantasy would be to win the lottery, and I, I was interviewing a driver the other night, and uh, he's a big winner in the Modifieds, uh, Garrett Crumbert, and I said, if you won the lottery, what would you do? He said, well, I'd just keep doing what I'm doing, maybe uh, step it up a little bit, but still run the big block Modifieds. If you won the lottery, what would you want to do? Well, depending on how much it was, uh, you know, definitely get a get a nice house big shop and uh we'd be on the road i'd uh i'd try to run with with one of these big series like the lucas or world outlaws you know jump jump up to the supers and you know if we had the money to do it go out there and and have fun and not have to work and you know race all summer and you know go and hunt all winter go over africa or something you know something most people never get to do well, before you win the lottery, you're going with the guys that are helping you now. Let's uh, mention your sponsors. Yeah, I mean, without these guys, I I wouldn't be able to do it at all. Uh, Producer Supply Company, the the place that I work for, which is actually I'm, I stayed late tonight. I'm I'm still here working right now. Uh, you know, Gary Bowers with Producers, you know, great place, great guy. You know, he's awesome, and, and this place is really awesome. Quality Machine Company. They're on board pretty much every single year, and uh, you know this year they they we got a uh, enclosed trailer and took it down there. And man, they built an awesome set of aluminum ramp overs and did a lot of work to it. And that was their sponsorship this year. Carnival Properties, they've been you know on there for a lot of years. A new one this year was uh, TJD Energy Services. You know, I was happy to have them come on board and, and hope to have them back again next year. Same with Lee's Plumbing and Excavating. 
and uh, Hayden excavating, you know, some new sponsors that we got and with the year that we've had with the, uh, you know, the season getting pushed back and everything, it's, it's good to get some new sponsors and hopefully we can retain those for next year and even grow some more. How about uh, carry resources? Uh, are they still part of your program? Yeah, actually, I, I forgot that's, uh, that's kind of a, a side to producer supply and, and Gary, that's his land side. Um, you know, I, I put them on there as well because, you know, he helps me out so much with producers that I had to throw the carry on there. That we had a lot of open open area on the car, so I, I said, hell, we got to at least put the carry resources on there. Well, uh, is there any closing thoughts, anything we need to add, or anybody we missed? You know, i, I got to thank again my crew chief, Sean Phillips. Uh, he, ever since he started helping, I mean, it, it's really improved to the, the whole racing you know, it takes a lot of work off my shoulders. Uh, having Travis come on board this year, hopefully we can get him a little bit more involved. And, uh, I mean, if it wasn't for my fiance Kaylee, I wouldn't have the time to spend in the garage. You know, I'd be at the house trying to cook and clean. And, you know, she, she really understands a lot. And hopefully we can keep rolling the way we are. And, you know, in the summer I get home, I go over there. She'll call whenever dinner's ready, come over, you know, eat dinner, talk for a minute and, right back to the garage I go and and uh, I just I really appreciate everything she does for me it takes a special lady to be with a racer and it sounds like you got a real good one well Ben I want to thank you for being with us uh, look forward to seeing you next year at Pittsburgh when you're working for your third championship in a row how does that sound that sounds good boy okay uh, thanks for being with us thank you Don this portion of today's program is brought to you by number one Cochrane Automotive. A message for all racers, race fans, or campers. Alternative Power Sources Incorporated, located in western Pennsylvania since 1995, we have proudly served homeowners and businesses throughout portions of Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia, offering a complete line of generators and the ability to provide turnkey projects. From sales and rentals to service, maintenance, and installation, Alternative Power Sources is dedicated to providing reliable generator solutions. Their brands include MTU, Kohler, Gillette, Yamaha, Powertech, and ASCO. The experienced sales force has over 40 years' experience in the generator field, providing the resources to design the generator package to meet your needs and specifications and supply the specified products. If service is important to you, they are your source. Alternative Power Sources. For more information, call 1-800-894-4455. All right, friends, joining us now, good buddy Dave Dragovich from New Smyrna Beach, Florida. Dave, good evening. How are you? I'm doing great, Don. How are you doing? Good. You know, we go way back. I don't know, geez, how many years ago did you start writing for RPM Magazine? 
Oh, man, that was in 1989, but I knew you about uh, 12 years before that. I met you at the, the old Motordrome Speedway. Yeah. In 1969, when you were driving your Pontiac, I became a, a fan, and then we became good friends. Uh, and I consider it a real honor to be your friend. Now, for people who are Thank wondering, you. what are we talking about, New Smyrna Beach, Florida? Actually, uh, you and your wife, Beth, uh, retired, moved on there, and uh, you're able to hear the show every uh, every week, which I consider... You know, as technology evolves, I consider it very nice that people anywhere in the world that has ears and electricity can hear the show, and it's just great. Yeah, absolutely, Don. I never, never miss a show, and that's where I am Monday nights uh, listening to you. And if not, I pick you up during the week. It's a great, uh, it's a great thing. And uh, I was once a co-host of yours, and I consider that a great honor. You've come a long way since we first met, but all good memories. Hey, I want to talk about Oval and Area Auto Racing News. Uh, yeah, Don, it's a, uh, yeah, the paper's been around since uh, 1963. It's published in uh, Trenton, New Jersey. And uh, when Dave Kitty sold uh, uh, RPM uh, Magazine, uh, Area Auto uh, picked me up, and I really appreciate that. I've been writing for them for probably uh, 12 years and, uh, yeah, I'm the asphalt guy. And um, down here in Florida, I cover uh, different tracks like Cis- uh, Citrus County Speedway. That's by past the villages in Florida and uh, New Smyrna, other tracks. And uh, even venture out to uh, Volusia. And uh, it's a very nice track, a lot of improvements. And, matter of fact, last week for the uh, Rudiman Memorial Race, fantastic car count, uh, 52 52 modifieds, can you imagine? That's and 27, awesome. uh, 27 lay models. I mean, that's typical for them. And asphalt, uh, New Smyrna here, it's a little bit lower. Uh, we just had the, uh, the Governor's Cup. It's a very prestigious race. And uh, we only had like 15 super late models. But uh, they were all quality late models. And uh, as, as you know, uh, I grew up at, uh, watching races at Jennerstown Speedway. And uh, uh, there's a, a great racer down here named Bubba Pollard. He was from, uh, he hails from Georgia. But uh, he won the Governor's Cup. And uh, Bubba's a great uh, driver. He uh, won races all over the country. Matter of fact, he saw three uh, new tracks this year, like I say, throughout the country. And one included Jennerstown Speedway. And he won it all three. Yeah, and uh, had the opportunity to talk to Bubba after the Governor's Cup, and I said, "Hey, how'd you like Jennerstown? It's my home track, my boyhood track." He said, "Oh, Dave, I love it." He said, "I wish I could race up there more often." Yeah, and I guess all the drivers feel that way too, Don. When these travelers come in, it's it's the same answer from all of them. Like Bubba said, "Boy, I wish I could come here on a regular basis. This place is beautiful." And you know, one of the things uh, when Mike Wallace was up there with his uh, son, son or grandson was racing there, and he said to uh, Billy Rebar, he said, "Would you mind if I give your phone number to some of the tracks back home because they could use your advice?" I mean, here's here's a former uh, Cup driver uh, who's getting involved in short track racing with family members, uh, asking Billy for advice. What they've done up there, and you mentioned, uh, you know, Bubba and some of the others, but on a weekly basis, the car counts keep getting bigger and bigger every year. I noticed that. Uh, that's it's, it's so good to see. I mean, you know, to me, uh, when I see uh, Jennerstown is a total package for alternative uh, Saturday night entertainment. 
I mean, like you say, the crowds are good. I know the food. The food's good. Uh, you know, Mike Lusikowski, uh the uh, promoter, was uh, was telling me, and uh, I know the racing's great. And we're going to come up uh, this this year, but uh, this COVID stuff took care of that. But uh, yeah, I really miss the track, and I just I'm, I'm so glad to see guys I knew up there uh, do well. For instance, it was so good to see uh, uh, Joe Maruka finally finally win a late model feature. Uh, after uh, all those years, good and uh, and you know Gary Ballou, uh, he's a Florida. Well, you know he's a legend, and uh, he even uh, helped uh, Joe one time, a couple of times at Motodrome, and uh, he picked up bits and pieces. But it's uh, it's great to see him uh, do so well. And uh, same way with like Barry Audi. I mean, you think about Jennerson Speedway, you think of the Audis going way back to Bill, who started racing in the fifties. Yeah, I understand Barry missed the championship late models by four or five points, um, and it's it, it's so great to, uh, to to see that. And uh, and uh, let's say Joe's uh, doing good, and uh, trying to think of the others. Like, uh, going to see guys like say Teddy Gabala, Zane Farrell, and uh, Gary Woltrot succeed, and uh, even second generation uh, driver Todd Price is at it, and um, and then modifieds. Uh, Anthony Aiello, what a kid is really finding his game, winning championships, championship after championship in the modifieds. And Tom Golick, uh, he ages like fine wine. He had an outstanding, unbelievable season in the modifieds. And uh, I, I know uh, Pittsburgh's uh, Jason Bush, uh, he had a solid top five. And uh, Bob Mostaller, uh, a real good friend of mine who uh, raced by street stock in 1998 at Motodrome, He's doing better and better in the Chargers, and I think uh, Moss is going to get a crate motor this year, and uh, look for him to do even better. And understand, uh, Don, that uh, there's another division uh, that's going to be developed at uh, Jennerstown. It's called the Pro Stock Division, and uh, my buddy Chuck Kessler uh, is going to make a comeback in that class. He hasn't run for, uh, I don't know, 15, 20 years, and I was on Chuck's pit crew in the late 1980s and early 1990s in his late model, so... Uh, uh, looking forward to seeing what he could do and uh, the uh, division as a whole. So, uh, like I say, it's the only place to, if you're up north, the only place to spend your Saturday night is at Jenderstown Speedway. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Dave Dragovich, writer for Area Auto Racing News, currently living in New Smyrna Beach, Florida. You know, Dave, uh, you mentioned Mike Lisikoski, and he's still involved at Jennerstown, but he's got a new position at Lernerville as the uh, general manager there and doing an outstanding job. He has so many ideas and so many things. He brings a lot to the table, and the Thompson family is pretty lucky to have him there. Yeah, I wanted to congratulate Mike. We worked together for a long time at uh, uh, Motordrome. We did uh, a couple of radio shows, pre-race shows, on different radio stations uh, throughout the years at Motordrome. And uh, Mike and I go back a long way. He used to watch me race uh, like when he was a teenager. And uh, I knew he was always a, uh, a brilliant guy, and uh, he's uh, very knowledgeable now and uh, just uh, has his fingers and everything. It's very, very successful. I'm really happy for him. I wish him well at, uh, at Lernerville. I don't know how he's going to do both, Jennerstown and uh, uh, 
uh, Irvin, but he's, he's an amazing guy. Well, his responsibilities at uh, Jennerstown will be mainly press releases and PR and occasional victory lanes. That's all. It's a Saturday only, and he has informed them there's going to be four or five Saturdays where he can't be there, but they're okay with that because what he does with the press releases is outstanding, and uh, Billy Rebar wanted to make sure that Mike could help out in any way possible. Uh, well, that's great news. Remember the days that uh, three of us were at the radio station, yeah. and uh, I was one of the co-hosts, and uh, Mike would have no notes. He'd come in with no notes and just uh, give reports and everything. The guy was amazing. That going way back. He's like Wikipedia for <laughs> auto racing. <laughs> but, but see, when he first came there, when he was about 16 years old, Dave Kitty brought him down, he had a stack of notebooks with him, and I said, What's that for? He said, that's my reference material. I said, trust me, you're not going to have time to read reference material. Well, nah, <laughs> all those binders are in his head. And some of the things that he, he remembers things, like if he's introducing a driver, like a Bubba Pollard, he can give you Bubba's life story while he's talking to him. It's just, uh, it's, it's Yeah, he incredible. is amazing, right? And uh, when I won that award at the uh, Living Legends of Auto Racing last February, I can't believe it's been almost a year, uh, they wanted me to pick a presenter, and the first guy I thought of was Mike. You know, he knows me, and uh, I, I knew him, and he, he gave a, a, a great, uh, great talk about me. And um, he's, you know, the only guy uh, I, I could think of. I couldn't think of anybody uh, better. And uh, they liked him so much, Don, that uh, uh, well, actually, Dick Bergeron of uh, Stock Car Racing Magazine fame, he he was the MC of that for, uh, award for years, the banquet. And I think he's stepping back, and uh, they want a mic to uh, take his so so much. But unfortunately, uh, with this COVID stuff going around, uh, the 2021 banquet is canceled this year. They're going to have some other activities, but there's no banquet. Banquet. But when it returns, Mike is going to be the MC. I'm really, really proud of him. He's quite a guy. Well, Dave, we're coming up on a commercial break. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add, or have we covered everything? I think we covered everything, Don. I just uh, want to thank you for having me on. And uh, I want to tell everybody up there, uh, stay uh, stay healthy, stay safe. And I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Well, I thank you. You have a nice evening. You too, Don. Thanks. This portion of today's program was brought to you by Number One Cochrane Automotive. The Jennerstown Speedway Complex is located in the scenic Laurel Mountains of Somerset County, Pennsylvania, in the town of Jennerstown, at the intersections of Route 30 and Route 985. Experience the thrill of Jennerstown Speedway with its 550 feet of 6-degree straightaways and over 700 feet of 9-degree sweeping corners. Jennerstown Speedway serves as the host for five divisions of weekly racing series every Saturday evening from May to September Weekly divisions include late models, modifieds, street stocks, charger, and the Fast and Furious 4s. Special events include IMSA Super Modifieds, Super Cup Stock Car Series, the Race of Champions Modifieds. Spectator gates open at 4 p.m. with racing starting at 6 p.m., allowing for even the youngest fans the opportunity to experience the entire action-packed show. The ownership and staff of the Jennerstown Speedway Complex take great pride in providing fun and affordable family entertainment. 
At the completion of each weekly event, everyone in attendance is invited into the pit area to meet their favorite drivers and see the cars up close and in person. For upcoming events and special promotions, you can visit Jennerstown.org or follow them on Facebook. No one covers motorsports like Rapid on Racing. For nearly 40 years, Rapid on Racing has provided the best in motorsports information with knowledgeable and veteran reporters who cover all forms of racing. Weekly reports include local dirt and asphalt racing from Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia, plus the All-Stars, IndyCar, IHRA, Lucas Oil Late Models, NASCAR, NHRA, Rush, USAC, and the World of Outlaws. Listeners get the latest breaking motorsports news. The show features special guests, local track reports, driver interviews, and listeners' emails. The host of Rapid on Racing is Don Gamble, a former driver and track promoter. Don brings a wealth of racing knowledge to the program every week. Quite frankly, there's no other program like it on the air today. Rapid on Racing. Why not be a part of the weekly action? fans joining us now is the pit steward from jennerstown speedway mike Bellardi. mike good evening how are you good don good evening to you too thanks for having me on you know i've watched your your growth at the track you were a lineup man did a really good job then the situation come up where billy needed a pit steward picked you it's your second year and you get rave reviews everybody seems to like the job you're doing but what i'd like to talk to you about tonight during the off-season, a lot of people want to rent the track to set up their car, try it, leak squeaks, whatever. Uh, how does that work? Do you have a schedule for track rentals? I do. Um, they usually contact me, and we'll set something up, whatever works best for all of us. And usually it's from one car to four cars. Now, if it's four cars, do they share the cost, or does each one pay separately? They share the cost, yes. That's a good. And it's hourly. It's between two hours up to four hours. And does this generally happen? Obviously, has to happen at daylight. Is it always on a Saturday, or can they squeeze it in? It is not. It is any time that works for us. I do weeknights, Sunday afternoons, Saturday mornings. Okay, let's take a typical track rental say you're going to have four cars there uh they get to the track what is the uh schedule or what happens once they get there they say hi mike uh, we're ready then what happens we just we sign them in lock the gates up and they all take turns if there's four cars they split the time equally now i know when i was at motordrome obviously you have to have an ambulance you have to have a fire crew uh is there anything else that you have to have there 
uh, besides those two items? Nope, just have to be signed in, you know, sign the waiver. When the guys uh, do that, let's say uh, car number one goes out and he runs four or five laps and he comes in and he, and he can change some things, then do they have like a gentleman's agreement on the rotation where uh, when he's ready to go out again, he'll wait until the other three have had a chance? It's usually whoever's ready to go. Yeah. We'll just go down to the end of pit road and when one comes in, the other goes. It's really unique, like, you know, to be able to get talking to these guys and become friends with them on a personal level where it's not the hustle and bustle of the Saturday night. So when you when you make friends, uh, just pick somebody that through the rentals uh, you've become friends with. Give me an example. Oh, uh, this past year we had two younger kids, Ethan Myers and Owen Halp, who are both going to be running late models next year. Neither one has ran asphalt. They're go-kart racers, and just with working with them, they're both nice kids. And Actually, Owen is Dave Halp's nephew. Okay. I recognize he that name. Race late models. Yeah. But Ethan, I uh, got to know his family really well. Really nice people, and they're just looking forward to getting into the late malls full time next year. Now, the obviously go karts moving up to, to uh, late malls a big step. Now, are these going to be family owned teams, or are they associated with someone else that's currently in the sport? They um, are both family owned teams, and Ethan has worked with Hermie and Elliot Sadler at Premier Racing in the go karts. Owen has run seven different states, I believe, and several championships. So to go along with that, Don, like if if I ever had a problem, the driver needs something, I'd call Barry Audi and he'll come help, bring these guys whatever they need. So it, it really is a family environment at the racetrack well i know you work with barry in your regular job so that's kind of a a bonus for you now the cars that they're driving new cars they bought them from somebody where'd they get their cars owens is a old port city house car out of michigan and ethan actually purchased one of mark smith's cars that's that's good stuff, Mark Smith. Uh, what is the most unique or unusual thing that's ever happened at a track rental? Uh, I've had this past year several accidents where you know something broke or whatever. And at the beginning of the year, Albert Francis had some bolts fall the rear end, and Barry Audi actually brought him some up and helped him get back on track. Wow. Well, you know, Barry's like his dad. I mean, his dad would do anything for anyone, and apparently uh, Barry watched him because that's the way he is. And I've seen him help guys that beat him in a race, and he's just yep. a class act. And, you know, working with him or racing with him or just talking to him, he is my kind of racer, and it's just uh, I'm, I'm honored to consider him a friend. He's uh, he's quite a guy. Now, he sure is. Uh, when – is there a time limit? I mean, like how often, ballpark, how often do you schedule rentals or is it just uh, first come, first serve whenever they need it? Yep, it's whenever they need it. We're talking to Mike Bellardi, the pit steward at the Jennerstown Speedway. One other thing before we wrap this up, uh, you're going to have a unique, a unique situation this year with the rotation. Like the late models will be there every week, but with a new division with the pro stocks, 
each one of the divisions is going to have a night off. And I think that's pretty neat. I know when I talk to Billy, uh, there's real life out there other than racing. And if somebody wants to plan a birthday, a wedding or whatever, they're going to be able to do that. And I think that's pretty neat. It is. Um, I plan my vacations usually in the fall. So thank you know, thank you to my wife for allowing me to do this. She puts up with a lot. A wife of a racer or a race official is a very special lady, and you're a lucky man. Um, any closing thoughts? Anything we need to add? Anything we missed? Just looking forward to having the Pro Stock Division next year. I think it's going to be a nice addition to the five divisions we have. And just thank Billy and thank the owners and all the staff for all the hard work that everyone does it really we really got it working good now i'm amazed at what billy and the owners have accomplished since they took over the place and you're a classic example when they felt that uh, it was time to move you up to be pit stewart uh, they made the right move well mike i want to thank you for being with us tonight and look forward to seeing you when the season kicks off thanks don take care business owners if your ad was here our listeners could find out about your company Speedway Productions has several advertising packages to fit your budget. Rappin' on Racing airs live Mondays, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, RappinOnRacing.com, or Hulu Television. You can also listen on your computer, iPhone, or iPad. Don and his co-hosts present the good, the bad, and the ugly of local racing. The two-hour show features local track reports, special guests, driver interviews, and all of the national racing news. Check out the show and let us know if you are interested in becoming a marketing partner. For additional information, call 412-999-6625 or email rappinonracing at gmail.com. Ray Sam standing here with Matt Lux. Matt Lux, the driver of the Jim Detman owned 111, the Jim's Auto and Truck Repair Rocket. Matt, congratulations on a good year. Two wins so far coming into the Steel City Stampede. And go ahead and reflect on the year. Yeah, you picked up two wins, one on the big half-mile late trove and one on the short track at Thunder Mountain. But tell us about the rest of the year. Uh, I think that overall we're happy with our season. We've had a lot of good nights that have gone bad, tires, engines, whatever. But uh, for the most part, I mean, I think the owner's happy. I'm happy that we're competitive. You know, we've went and run with the Outlaws. We went and run with Lucas. And I feel that we've had a competitive car night in and night out. Uh, so I just hopefully we can cap it off tonight with a decent finish and call it a season. Matt, one thing about you, you've been successful no matter what you drove. You were a killer in the stocks, and you moved to the E-Mods with the uh, Scott Bidwell team for a while. And um, then you had your own super team for a long time and picked up a lot of wins. And... Uh, you just said enough's enough and decided to pull the plug and uh, we're out of racing for what, about a year or so, year and a half. And um, 
then you got the call from Jim Detman to come and basically consult. His driver, Brian Schwarzlander, was, they were getting top fives, but they just couldn't get over that hump into the victory lane. And uh, I believe that year you guys sat down and decided the best thing for you to, to try to help was to get a feel for the car. And once you got in, that was about, what, six, seven years ago. You've been in ever since and picked up a couple uh, Steel City Stampede wins, uh, wins, like I said, at Latrobe, Lernerville, and some other tracks. But just seems like once you got into this where you were just driving and not having to worry about paying the bills, the success came that you had back in your stocks and emods. Yeah, that's true. And since I've gotten with Jim, I mean, I, I couldn't ask for a better owner. Uh, if we feel like we're lacking somewhere, he'll go out and get it. You know, uh, you know, it, it just seems like him and I are always on the same page. And, you know, everybody always, if you spend too much time together, you have your little quirks and knocks with each other. But for the most part, I mean, it's just he's been great for my career. Uh you know, he gets along like our our groups mesh together between my crew and his guys, and uh, now we just kind of got our standard guys that go night in, night out, and you know, it's just that is what's kind of made me relax a little bit. Um, and since uh, you know he started upgrading all of his stuff, you know, I mean, we're more competitive, and I don't feel like we're outgunned, outmoneyed. I mean, he gives me the best we can do, best that he can do, and. In my eyes, it's peer pressure is more on me to be able to make this go. And, and sometimes I feel like I've let him down in that aspect. But for the most part, I mean, he's happy and, you know, we're starting to venture out and travel. And, you know, it, it's, it's just been a good gel between him and I. And now Brad is like my main guy. And, you know, I kind of just sit back and drive the car anymore, it seems like. Now, a lot of people say that the 2020 year has been the year from hell. Well, you actually went to hell and came back. You spent a week out on what's called the hell tour, and um, that's what, 28 races in 32 days. You guys went out, did a week, and uh, tell us about the experience on the hell tour. Is it something maybe if it presented itself next year, you might go and do the whole tour, or you can only take hell for so long? Yeah, hell for so long would probably be more of the way we would go. Um, this worked out well. This year I was laid off from work, and Brad had vacation time, and we actually got with Gail Huey, and three of us just decided to go out. I've always wanted to run Fairbury. Uh, that was something that it's on a bucket list type deal. So we decided to go to Fairbury, and then we could tie into a couple other ones out there. And like our Sunday night track that we were supposed to go to rained out, and next race wasn't until Tuesday and we really didn't want to come home yet we just got out there and they said well why don't you guys go up and run the Lucas show in Iowa so we all right we'll follow that deal we went up to Iowa and ran with the Lucas guys that night and then the next night we ended up back on the hell tour for one more night coming home towards Indiana and it was just yeah it's a good experience to go out and run with guys you don't normally run with um it teaches you you better be good early you know because if not you can't it's hard to fight out of a hole with those guys and it's all business for them i mean the guys that are doing it that's their job that's their income you know they they know what they're doing so you know you kind of go out there and you follow what they're doing and you know just kind of talk to people and you learn and as far as this year coming up 2021 i think we're going to do it again because i really want to go back to fairbury and wherever the schedule lies i think we'll try and hit 
four shows I think was our game plan to try and get to next year and during that hell tour it was just it was kind of fun you know just to get away from the regular Friday night Saturday night around here you go out and like I said you got to be on your A game from the time you unload so it, it just kind of teaches us and plus it just lets us have a little extra fun. Now's a chance for you to go ahead, Matt, and thank that crew and all the great sponsors that help you and Jim be able to field a very competitive uh, rocket super late model every week. Yeah, I mean, Jim Detman, of course, being the owner, I, I no way I could do this without him. My cousin Brad's been with me now 16 years probably, and he's out at the race shop every night at my house, and... I mean, I, I definitely couldn't do it without him. I mean, he works on the car while I'm at work, and when I'm home, I work on the car while he's at work. So it, it kind of worked that way. Um, Neil and Evelyn from uh, River's Edge Canoe and Kayak in Leechburg, they've been great people. They've come on board the last couple of years. They come to the races. They enjoy it. They have fun. And that's what it's all about, in my opinion, for sponsors. J&L Lawn Care, that's uh, Lee and Kim. Uh, they've come to most of the shows and they enjoy it. Uh, Skeel Plumbing, Strongland Construction, Roofing, um, of course, Rocket Chassis, Hoosier Tires, Pro Power Race Engines, and uh, you know, my biggest one's probably my wife. And we let's not forget Jim's Auto. Yeah, Jim's Automotive. I mean, he tries to downplay it and don't want a sticker on the side of the car, but that's definitely where it all comes from. And the guys that work for him. I mean, sometimes they don't work on cars. They end up having to work on trailers and trucks and cars, you know, late models just to keep me going. So everybody that's involved with this little group, I mean, it's just fun. I'm glad we can do it. I think we're going to do it for a couple more years, and then we're both just going to say we've had it and try and rest and relax for a while, I guess. Race fans in 2021, keep your eyes on the 111 Jim's Automotive Rocket Matt Lux will be taking that car to the front wherever he's at. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Howie, for doing it. Out of all the rangers, you know you're the mastermind. Run, run, Rudolph. Randolph ain't too far behind.
I hope you enjoyed tonight's program. We enjoyed putting it together for you. I want to thank all of our listeners and our fans for their loyalty throughout the year. And I want to wish all of you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We'll be back to do this again on January the 4th, 2021. Have an excellent evening. Jennerstown Speedway proudly presented Rapidon Racing, the Tri-State's number one motorsports talk show. Today's program was brought to you in part by our marketing partners. Recognized by the Eastern Motorsports Press Association as one of the top racing shows in the Eastern United States, be sure to join us the first Monday of each month during the off-season for more Rapidon Racing. Stand on it. Come on, y'all. Stand on it.